Yo, what's good? Sunday, October 7th. Welcome to the Reflections of a DJ podcast. My name is D Miles. To my right, all the fellas. Crooked. What's up? DJ Never. Yo, what up? Jamie the Great. Yeah. How's everybody doing? Chilling. How's everybody's weekend? We're swell. It was, <sighs> it was long, busy, man. It was a long week. Yeah. Pause. It was a uh, very active week in Vegas, if you may. Yeah. 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 We had the... Uh, what didn't we have? <laughs> the Drake concert. Yep. Which was okay. two nights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It yep. was at T- what was it? T Mobile? No, no, it was no. at MGM. Uh, it MGM. was at MGM. It was Grand on Friday Garden. and last night Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. The only other uh, hip hop dude I've seen do that was Jigga. In Vegas? Jigga or just in, in general? Jigga had two nights in a row. Jigga who? Jay Z. Jigga, Jigga what? <laughs> Wait, the four forty four? Didn't Kanye? Oh Kanye dude? Did he do Yeezus? I don't know if he did. Yeah, two he dates. did two nights. I think he did two oh. nights a year. Oh, was it the Pablo yeah. one? Oh, okay. No, no, no. Just, it was the Pablo. He did two nights. Okay. The one where he's floating, right? That's okay. right. Yeah. But I think Jay Z was the first with the uh, Blueprint three. Yeah. Was it three or four? I don't know. What? what? Did it was three. Three. <laughs> three. Yeah. Three? And, yeah. Oh, in 2010. Yeah. Yeah. It was actually a really good show. And then I went last night. Yeah, you were being uh, a thought. The Drake show. Thing? Yeah. How was Migos? Migos. Honestly, they're horrible. They were the, that was the first time I ever saw them in a concert setting as versus like a club setting. Mm-hmm. I thought they did really good. Really? Yeah. They seem I think, like there's no energy or stage. Yeah, presence. I was gonna say. I feel like their songs have more energy than they do. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think they're horrible. Man. Yeah, I feel like they're kind of like laid back, but their songs are dope. So everyone knows and sings along. But they not. They're not a crowd hype type of people. They're that's just standing there walking yeah, around, looking cool, and they, it works for them. I don't know. People were feeling it. Their set was good. I, don't, I wouldn't go to a concert just to see them. Was there another opener, or it was just Migos? it was just it just went straight. It wasn't into, Roy Woods. Nah, I got there at seven thirty. I, uh-huh. I want to say Migos went on at eight, did about an hour. Mm-hmm. Then they showed the Conor McGregor um, Khabib fight. Is that how you say his name? Khabib? Yeah, Khabib. Wait, what? They the Migos performed and then they showed the fight yeah. to the crowd. They showed it on the big screens and teleprompters. Hey, talk about it's real pretty, shit. It's pretty dope. I that was nice. No, no one was expecting it. Like out of nowhere, it just. The screens came on and it was Conor McGregor walking down the into the arena. But wait a minute, wasn't Migos at the um the fight? Yeah, they I were. S- it was about a ten minute gap between Migos and when the fight started, so they must have jetted right over to the fight. And it's like cross the street, so it's not yeah. that far. And I think they it was a little bit late because Drake was at the fight, so I think as soon as the fight was done, Drake shot over. Oh. To, I wonder uh, the if there's arena. a if there's a straight tunnel from the T-Mobile to the MGM. I'm not. I wouldn't doubt it. That'd be pretty nice. From what I've heard, I don't know if this is true, but I heard that all MGM properties have a connection to each other <laughs> underground. So, really? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of money being moved around, man. Yeah. Mm. So you can like. I can see that happening. Yeah. yeah. Damn it. Ocean's four, guys? What's, what's up? We trying to do this? <laughs> why, why does your voice sound like that? Well, like what? <laughs> it's like extra jolly. It's kind of freaking me out. <laughs> I don't know. There's all this fucking <laughs> drinks that I have. We have a coffee. It's coffee it's like you're how do you drink all that shit at once? Well, dude, I'm not drinking at once. This is a process. Yes, you are, man. You got the wait, coffee. Wait, wait, wait. The he's, got, he's got a, a large Fiji bottle, and he's got a, a coffee, iced yeah. coffee, and a lime Gatorade. Well, I, I was working earlier today. So, so this is the process of a, since 12 to 5. So this has been like broke to This is the ice in the um, coffee cup. Yeah. You're one of those people that drink Gatorade like it's juice. I drink Gatorade like once a week. You lying motherfucker, <laughs> man. Yeah. You drink Gatorade like every day. No. It's false. I drink Gatorade that one time we were moving because we were doing a lot of shit happening that day. Every time I see him, he has Gatorade. What I are used you to talking drink, about? I used to drink Gatorade every day, but right I kind of cooled out on it. No. 
You're lying to yourself. No, right I'm not. I'm not being a liar. I don't have this shit at home. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I did. You drink that shit almost every day, though. Well, when we were moving, that shit was 104 degrees outside. Nah, man. I feel like you the <laughs> you the type of motherfucker that'll eat like an In and Out burger and drink Gatorade. No, yes. you said that before and it didn't catch on. Huh? You said that before on the podcast. It didn't work out. What do you mean it didn't work out? Like you try to make that. A joke and it didn't happen. No, it's not a joke. I really feel like you. No, you, I'm not. What do you mean? Like, there's a crowd here that's booing me when I say no. that. <laughs> what does that mean? It doesn't work. Like, it, it, you try it to all, make it a joke. It all, your joke it, failed. Yeah, your joke <laughs> fell. <laughs> Keep going. Keep how going. did it fail? How did it fail? Because how do you? Catch. How do you? Wait, wait, wait. You wait, get wait. a reaction from all of us. Like, oh my god. I'm not nice. trying to get a reaction of all of you. I'm saying you're the type to drink Gatorade with a meal. What is wrong with that? That's, it's not meant for that. I get is it like counterproductive? I don't know how is that what it is. We like like I'm eating a steak and I need electrolytes. Yeah, doesn't make sense. <laughs> you talk, you just, like, it's a regular. You know they have like power raids at like McDonald's and it's the same shit. Yeah, that's retarded, isn't it? Yeah. I, I don't think so. Whatever. Really? Yeah. What is wrong with that? Huh? What is wrong with that? Drinking Gatorade so like drink, with a meal? I don't see anything wrong with that. Wow. I just think it's weird. It's like a it's like a functional drink, isn't it? Gatorade, it's made, yeah, it's made for. It's replenishing. I mean, obviously, uh, you can drink it with anything. You can. Yeah, you gr- make it like that's what I'm saying. Like I don't. I, don't I mean, no. I mean, it's a free. Like country. selling coffee at a steakhouse is crazy. That sounds weird. Selling coffee at a steakhouse. Yeah, you're not gonna who who's gonna eat, who's gonna drink a coffee with a steak. That's weird. You made it sound like a burger and Gatorade was like two different That's sides. I, I put that in the same realm. If you're gonna and also, you could drink coffee after dinner. Yeah. You're tripping. I, don't, I drink tea after dinner. I don't drink coffee after dinner at all. Help me out. Uh, <laughs> this is the most retarded conversation, <laughs> but... It all started with your joke, so this is where it led us. No, no, no. I'm saying like, all right, <laughs> there's some things that are odd. It's not a joke. It's an actual observation. You drink Gatorade with a meal is odd. It's like... Okay. Eating Chinese food and drinking orange juice. It doesn't go. <laughs> right? That's pretty weird. <laughs> or drinking milk and Chinese food doesn't go. I can right? see that. Milk and Chinese food. I don't yeah. know. I hope you're not eating but, uh, steak and drinking Gatorade. Back no, to the concert. <laughs> back to... Uh, <laughs> yeah. I never saw Drake live either, and I thought he did a hell of a show. I mean, I, I don't know what to compare him to, but... He, he, do, he does this medley part, right? Where he does yeah, like 20 yeah. songs, all his hits and shit. He did. Uh, so he came out. Uh, he started with uh, Mob Ties was his first record. Ooh, off the back. Yeah, off the back. It was dope. Um, but they did like a big screen and it says A-side. Then he comes out and it's like a curtain. He performed it. The curtain drops. And then uh, he does the medley like Crooked said. He said like, yo, like y'all been rocking with me since 2010. I mean, I'm sorry, 2009. Nine. It's been 10 years. So let's see how far we can go back and how much y'all remember. He does like a, a medley of like 20 records, one verse. And it's uh, that's dope. crazy, man. Yeah. So he'll do like Best I Ever Had. He'll do like um, some Young Money stuff. He'll do some of his features. He did like um, <clears throat> Way Up featuring Big Sean. You just don't, you don't realize like how many songs he yeah. has. Like it's crazy. I went to the. He does the, the, um, the model, like just a bunch. He just goes off on a bunch of records. I went to the, to the, to the Summer 16 tour. Uh-huh. And that shit was like three hours, and there was nothing but hits. Yeah, like I they mean, were just fucking jabs after jabs and shit. I left at like eleven thirty, eleven forty, and he was halfway through the second set, and I already went for at least another like half hour, forty five minutes. I, I give it to him, man. He puts like, like seeing him live, like uh, I, and then seeing what he's been doing recently, like with 
with his uh with his tour. Yeah. That's what made me be like, yo, this motherfucker might be on some Michael Jackson status like we always talk about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of fireworks, huh? <clears throat> a lot of fireworks, a lot of flames. A lot of fake women on the He stage. actually, you know what was dope is he did the uh, Michael Jackson song he had with him and Mike on the album. And then he actually performed Rock With You. Oh, that's pretty good. He sings he Rock With You? sang with you a cappella. <clears throat> oh. You serious? No, no, no beat. Just how, how did that sound? How was that? Don't lie. It, honestly. Don't lie. I think his mic was really tuned a certain oh, you way. You think it was auto-tuned? Yeah, either it was auto-tuned or it was tuned just specific to his voice. But it didn't sound bad, and women were going crazy. Was he dancing? Cool. Nah, he was just in one spot, and he was just holding the mic, and he was just singing. And he would, like, go to, like, in front of women and just, like, sing and kind of, like, do oh, just no. acapella? Yeah. Damn, that's ballsy. Yeah. I don't know about that. That's, like, cringe. <laughs> I'm, like, cringing. <laughs> I know, man. Like, just we hearing find about, footage that, about that. Yeah, man. Yeah, chill. Had a uh, good time, though. It was a good show. How was the, what do you call it, the merch shit? Was it crazy? I bought a tee. Um, he had a bunch of different options for merch, but it wasn't, to me, it wasn't really that good. Did he have OVO shit or no? Nah, it was just it was just tour merch. Yeah, it was Scorpion I wasn't merch. Impre- I, didn't, I wasn't impressed with his tour merch. Yeah. Nah, I bought one tee that just said Scorpion in the front, like on the pocket, and on the back it just had all the tour dates. That's a pretty good tee. Yeah. Everything else, I mean, it was whatever. It didn't, I liked the. Uh, Did they have that windbreaker jacket? They had the windbreaker. They had a hoodie and like about five different tea options, and then they had some hats. Yo, uh, did everyone see the fight? The what Conor McGregor against Khabib? What's yeah, his name? Yeah, Khabib. I I want to know what this this whole thing was after the fight. Okay, do you want me to take it back from the beginning? I mean, like the the backstory. Like of a, yeah, the backstory. Because okay, so basically after the fight, Khabib whooped his ass, right? Whooped Conor's no, ass. Let me get yeah. Yeah. And then so, well, he beat him during the fight. Like he, no, I'm saying like, mission. yeah, I mean, he won, right? Khabib he won. won. He's from yeah. Russia. Connor's uh-huh. from Ireland, Ireland. right? Yeah. Yes. And then Khabib was so charged and amped up, he hopped over the fence, the fence, the, and attacked the, the octagon. What do they call it? The, the octagon. octagon. He hopped out out of the octagon over the fence and attacked the Connor's jujitsu yeah. trainer. Trainer. Like, what the fuck is that about? Okay, so this goes way back to the top of the year. Uh, Khabib and his people, or his team, whatever, were bullying one of uh, uh, McGregor's friends. So then, how? Like they were like they slapped him around and shit. Like they went up to him, like they they pressed him, and then like they were talking shit to him, and they slapped the shit out of him. This was at a fight that was supposed to, that was happening in Madison Square Garden. So like what? This was at like the concession stand or something? And that was like behind the scenes. Like, in a hallway. Like, they caught him in a hallway, slipping. Like, in the locker room or some shit? Some shit in between the press conference. And, and then, it was caught on camera? Yeah. Like, it was a cell phone camera. Is this when uh, Connor threw that chair at the tour bus? That's yep. when he showed up, and he was like, yo, what's good? You're trying to bully my friend or whatever. And then that's when they, like, him and, like, 20, like, Irish guys are chasing a bus. And that's when he's trying to get shit to throw to the bus. And he gets a hand, he, he gets a dolly. Like he picked up a dolly, like it was like like a water bottle, and just tossed that bitch to the to the bus, and it just shattered. And I heard a few fighters that were not Khabib in that bus. Yeah, yeah. he almost got suspended or some shit. Oh, right? he did get suspended. Oh, he, he got, got, fired. He got he arrested got, too. He got arrested too in New York. And some of the glass from that that uh, tour bus got in some guy's eyes. Yeah, and his no, like his face was blue. Yeah. So then that led to the Russian mob being after doing threats to McGregor. So that was all that happened during like those two weeks span. The Russian mob because Khabib is Russian. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. And then he was saying like, he was like insulting the Russian mob too. Like, see if you can catch me. 
like shit like that, like taunting the Russian mob, which is like, you know, I seen training day. You don't fuck with the Russian mob, but wait, wait, I just want to, this was a big fight, right? Was, and huge. So then wait, wait, I, before you go, I want, I just want to ask questions because I want you to continue. Yeah. But at the post uh, fight conference, yeah, there's a point where Khabib is like saying like, oh yeah, Putin called me, you know, Vladimir Putin called me and he's very proud of the fight. So, like, for me, he's definitely tied into, like, the military out there, the mobs out there, and all of that shit. Right? Of yeah. course. You represent mm-hmm. a country. That's why he wears that furry hat. I, was, I always wondered what that was. That's a what Russian, that was a representation like, of. Yeah, that's like a Russian hat. That's a military thing, right? Yeah. So, um, I mean, it probably is, like, deeper than that. It's probably on some, like, fucking some Russian ties. mafia shit. Yeah. I don't know, but he wears that every fight, which I thought it was weird. I was like, I was like, why is he wearing that? But it's it's a Russian hat. But um, so after the the chair thrown to the tour bus, so then he's suspended and he's fine and he's stripped from his belt, from the light heavyweight champ, champ belt. So um, they did all of that. Yeah, no, they they take that shit serious. So it, it, uh, so let me continue. So they did that. They stripped him. They find him, and then they announced this fight. Okay, three months ago. A UFC fight is a little different than a boxing fight. It's less preparation because they're constant training. Right. So um, I didn't know that. It was very quick. I think they announced the fight like two months ago. But um, how many fights are there? Like one, one a month. They do. They're very often. They're probably sometimes three times a month, twice a month. Okay. They, yeah. They're, they're at UFC two two hundred and twenty nine now. So um, uh, so they do the press conference, and. And McGregor's like going at his religion. He's calling his dad a terrorist. That his dad um, or his trainer—I can't remember which one he said—but they were caught with multiple passports on September 11th and all this shit. So he's going off, and he's—he just like taunting him a lot. And Khabib is really like just taking it, shutting up, and shit like that. Mm-hmm. So then, um, so then this like the whole week, McGregor's like. Y'all made a hundred million dollars in the boxing ring, like you know, I'm the A side, but McGregor was the the the. I mean, basically, underdog. Basically, Conor was doing what Show he body. does. Show he did, I mean, he was, but that's he was what, selling the fight. Yeah, but that's what he's supposed to do anyway, man. So then, so then, fast forward to the fight. What did he say about his religion? What's fucking Khabib's religion? I don't know, but he just said something about the religion. <laughs> but because you gotta understand, this is like not one press conference. They go on tour. Yeah, I know. I know. So it's not like I can remember everything they're saying. I but know, I, uh, I mean, dude, the shit, he, the shit Connor was doing to fucking Mayweather was Mayweather crazy. Mayweather yeah, was crazy. Was, yeah. yeah, like he was calling him a son. Nah, <laughs> when he, he called him a monkey or some shit like yeah, that. Yeah, Dan, dance monkeys. Yeah, <laughs> he was crazy, dude. Yo, didn't he take like a like a hat off of Mayweather's head? He did something mad. Just he touched his head. Remember, he like oh yeah, put he his hand his on his head and he took his mic. Yeah, yo, come so, on, man. Dude, yeah. you're doing that to Mayweather, which is crazy. So, cut forward to the fight. Uh, Khabib is winning. Khabib is winning. He's, like, really kicking his ass. And then he wins out of submission. He spits on him. No, no, no. He doesn't spit on him. He so, did spit on him. I didn't see what Pu- spit. Uh, uh, Khabib spit on him when uh, when he won. He spit on him. He spit on Conor McGregor. Oh, I didn't see that. I just saw him, like, talking shit to him. He takes his mouthpiece and he tosses it to Towards the uh, the cage side where McGregor's team is at, so then he that's when shit's getting. But he does, it's not like he has bad blood with the trainer, right? With the jujitsu trainer, I don't know. Okay, but, but the thing is, like, he just attack. He jumps over the gate. See, I thought you had insight on that. Why he jumped over the gate? 
because they're talking. They were just talking shit. It was like you understand. This is like going on. People getting jumped, throwing fucking dollies. Like it's. I think it was just a, a constant slow buildup from that time yeah. McGregor threw that hand truck at his tour bus. Dude, and everyone that was a part of it. If Conor lost his belt because of that shit of throwing the fucking dolly at the bus, that dude shouldn't get the. He shouldn't get the. What did were they fighting for the belt? Yeah, yeah. So they he were fighting get for the, the belt for that. That's Hopping over the fucking octagon fence hold on, hold on. and hitting so a bunch now, of So now they might strip him for that. They should. And then his check was on hold last night. He didn't get paid. Oh, that's good. And then, so when Connor's, uh, I mean, from uh, Khabib's people jumped in and they attacked Connor, all three of those guys that got arrested and they might not be able to come back to the country. No, nah, but didn't Connor not press charges to them? He said he didn't press charges because he doesn't want to ruin their careers or their potential livelihoods. Dude, but you understand, there's some the Nevada State is involved in all that. People's the life, boxing commission. yeah, all that shit right. is no, involved. but no, but Khan has to press charges. If he doesn't press charges, then you know. But you understand, there's a lot of people around. Safety, I think, I think marshal, does. safety marshals is in there. there a I lot think of he shit. doesn't press charges because he wants a rematch. Yeah, that's so he said he said that was a good knock. He tweeted that was a good knockout. See you at the rematch. Yeah, if he presses charges, I think that'll halt everything. But he, he wants that rematch and get that check again. I never seen no shit like that where a motherfucking fighter or a boxer goes out and just starts hitting motherfuckers. Yeah. In the, not that even like Tyson. Some, that was some even Tyson said, Tyson said, yo, not even, that shit was not as crazy as the ones after my fights. Yeah, but yeah. Tyson was biting motherfuckers' ears <laughs> off. That was crazy. That <laughs> was fucking crazy in itself, man. And then the streets was hot. There was a lot of shit going on last night. The fight, Drake shit. Yeah. I, I went to Top Golf with my family, and that shit was like there was a lot of cops around the MGM. Top Gun, Top Golf. Top Golf. Oh, yeah, it was just. I mean, there were so many acts and so <laughs> many things. Imagine it took Jamie me and Top Gun. It took me at least a half hour. <laughs> in the fighter jets. <laughs> it took me about a half hour to get from the MGM to Bellagio. I'm thinking to that. The danger zone. <laughs> <laughs> with his three drinks in the fucking plane. I need a three. Go ahead. <laughs> God, sorry, dude. No, no. I was just saying just it was top ridiculous traffic last night. There was a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, it was popping. The city yeah. was popping. Yeah. Um, what do you call it? I want to go see Logic the other day. That was pretty amazing. Where? Side note, at Marquee. He had a good show. Was he performing or he just did? No, oh, he wait, Logic performed? Yeah. How long did he perform? Pause. 35 minutes. At first, at first, his mic was a little muffled, and then it kind of cleared up. How was the yeah. crowd reaction? Was they feeling him? Uh, or? You know, you have your, your your bottle poppers, and then you have like your kids. The kids were exci- excited, but no one knows, knows his music. That's the problem. No, some people were rapping in there. No, but the I'm saying is that Logic doesn't have any a hits. hit. No, no club hits. Yeah, sure, so like man. him performing in a club is there's not. a. I, if I was him, you know, why would he even do that? It was his first club ever. No, his it first club be. ever was Dre's. Yeah, he did do know. Dre's. He did do yeah. Dre's. It was, it was yeah. our party. Too. It was me and Neva's That's party. Right. Yeah. It was for new. It was like our... our Damn, y'all, y'all like, came out me quick. Like, no, no, you know why? No, his first club was Dre's. No, no, no. It's I, us. No, no, no. <laughs> Motherfucker. Okay, yeah, 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 calm down. I didn't mean it like that. Uh, get your facts straight. No, no, no. I remember it because I never heard of him. You remember? And Constantine. Yeah, I actually remember this. Because it was fucking rare. It wasn't our anniversary. It was during Magic. Magic. Oh, okay. During a This is years ago, right? Mm, Not too long ago. Two, three years ago? Yeah, I want to say two, three years ago. Yeah, yeah. How long was it set there? It was long and people were leaving. That's right, yeah. Just because it was so early and Constantine, the music director there, was like, yo, we booked Logic. And I'm like, yo, who's that? Yeah. And then... (laughs) 
But just something, you know what? I'll give it to Constantine over at Dre's. He's on to motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. Like, he can spot talent. Like, like that motherfucker he's early is, on. Yeah, he can spot talent. Like, that motherfucker should literally work for a, a record label. Yo, he's like, when that DJ, he had um, G-Eazy and um, what's the dude, um, Post Malone, yeah. on the same bill. And it was like, I never heard of even one of them. Really? Just like before they blew up. He just, he can Dude. just pick them. Like, yo, he's he's like a hip-hop connoisseur. He loves Tupac. Yeah. But that's the one, like, yo, I mean, like, he he knows when to sign these dudes. I remember when he was, he, he was early on the weekend. Yeah. When yeah. he was still doing stuff uh, with MGM. He, before hip-hop was even kind of cool mm-hmm. on the strip, he had the weekend performing and people thought he was crazy. Mm-hmm. And it that shit blew up. I, wanna, I don't know how that's crazy. The weekend's wanna, not crazy for me. I want no, I mean back then it was yeah, crazy. Yeah. It was like, yo, how are you having a weekend here? No one's ever but heard. But kind of, of the weekend came out being a star. No, 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 no. I think he was. Dude, he was, was more weird. underground still. This is when he barely came out with that uh the Drake song. The um crew love. Crew love. This is like oh, this is 2011. Yeah. This is back in the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Dude, that's fucking insane. And Constantine, I mean, I talked to him when he first moved out to Vegas. Yeah. And he that concept of having a performance venue that What's was his? a nightclub, it was already in his brain, and it yeah. it works. Yeah, yeah, it works yeah. very good. I don't know if we got to bleep out some names here, but yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. I give well, I give it to Constantine about. I mean that motherfucker. I mean, if you look at just the uh, the talent that was in town over the weekend, you had Dre's at Omnia. <laughs> mm-hmm. You had Uzi. You Vert. mean Drake? I'm sorry. Yeah, you had Drake at Omnia. You had Uzi Vert at uh, Jewel. Uh huh. Um, yeah, like Rick, you said, Rick you, Ross is at Daylight. Rick Ross, Daylight. Ludacris was at Light, Light on Friday. Yeah. You just said Logic was at Marquee on, on Saturday. On Friday. And then French Montana was there on Saturday. Yeah. I mean, Mustard was at Tau Saturday night. <laughs> so Shit was jam-packed. Metro Boomin was at Light. Yeah. Isn't it funny how... Migos was at... How hip-hop has taken Trace, over Friday. Yeah. Isn't it funny how... I feel like T.I. was here too. Sorry. No, isn't it funny how hip-hop has taken over Las Vegas? It's just a wave. Yo, like five Amazing. years ago... Well, you would have never seen us. Not at all. Yeah. Yo, no. like, it's so crazy. Dude, I even want to say three years ago, it wasn't even like this. In this city, I remember back in the day at this one club venue. I, maybe I could say it, but you might have to bleep it out. Okay. Um, they couldn't even announce the hip-hop artist that was going to perform on that night because the city was going to shut them down. That's crazy. Like, you couldn't even have certain hip-hop artists at certain nightclubs here. I remember, I remember the first time I... Um, this was during the EDM era, and Darren took me to see J. Cole at a Haze. Yep. And then right after he was done, it went straight to EDM. Who? Yeah. At J. Cole. Oh, yeah. yeah. What was this? At Haze. Haze. So when was this? 2010 or 11. Yeah. My first wow. time I ever seen J. Cole, and, and that was his first club, too. And then he he would make, he even made a joke. He was like, it's like the tss, tss, what's going on? He goes, this money track, guys, and <laughs> shit like that. But it was real early. Like, I mean, yeah. it Hayes, was, Hayes is the old uh, Jewel. Jewel, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It but, was right when uh, Can I Hit It in the Morning came out with him and Drake. He before, I remember he performed yeah, that was, those. Yeah, 2010, yeah. November. <laughs> I remember those. That shit was amazing to me, but then it straight went to EDM right after. He, he was done. That shit was insane. I just think it's crazy how... It's like you have so many hip hop artists, and how hip hop is just take, taking over the city. And I, yeah. dude, Dre's is amazing. Like you can literally go see all your favorite rappers in one well, week. Migos there. was there Friday night and Saturday night. 
Are we I'm getting sure both are we getting a bag from Dre's, yo? We're pushing that. <laughs> no, right? <laughs> yo, you hear this, Constantine? Constantine. Yeah. Yeah. Constantine. <laughs> come, come on the show. That would be a good interview. Yeah, yeah well, no, no. We, I've already, I've been, I've been talking to him to come on the show. We just have, we just have all these DJs that, that, uh, that, that, that are in town. Yeah. yeah. Actually, you know what? I mean, we have to. This is our one year anniversary, right? This episode. Yeah. This yeah. episode. So this is our fifty second. Fifty two. Fifty two. And uh, doing this shit for a year. Shit. So we asked. I mean, we asked multiple. I mean, we asked our following or listeners to like send us questions. So we got some questions we're gonna answer and blah blah blah. But also, you know, I've been talking to some listeners like through DM, and they're like, um, you know, you should have this guest on and these people. And I had one conversation with one dude. I don't know what his name is, but I, I would like. I don't know. I can't shout him out right now. But um, shout to you. Uh, <laughs> no, but we were talking about like, yo, you should interview like the guys who are booking in Vegas. And I said, nah, we want to do that. It just timing too. Yeah, it's just. Honestly, I'm actually glad we had nothing but um, a large majority of it was mostly just DJs. 99% was DJs. Yeah. And then we had like a rapper and Shecky. <laughs> yeah, Sadat X and Shecky. That was the only that two was, non-DJ guys. Yeah, Sadat X came out of nowhere. But I'm yeah. glad we that had That was the last minute like free, like you were just thrown and you just got it. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, but yeah, as we approach the second year, I think we can start interviewing more people about the industry because I do want to open like uh is it pandora's box or a like the portal i want to open the doors so yeah. you guys can really s- understand like the las vegas scene a little bit more because it, it is it is not like any other scene i just don't think it's las vegas it's just the the, the nightclub industry what's well, it's really different la is different from new, new york. york miami's different chicago yeah. yeah the atlantic city like i didn't even know half of this shit i mean there's some there's some spots like uh i was just in portland and they have bottle service in Portland at some clubs. Uh-huh. You can't pour your own drink. Really? It's illegal for you to, you can buy a bottle, but you can't pour your own drink. So they literally lock up the top of your bottle. And a really? waitress has to come unlock it and then pour your drink. I'd be tight. Because I like to pour my own drink. There's yeah, other crazy, cities, there's other yeah. cities <laughs> like that. Yeah, I you, didn't know that. Really? Never. You were just out there. You didn't see that shit. I didn't, no, I wasn't paying attention to the bottles going on. Yeah, yeah you, I, think I was having a great time. Up each there. city might have their own protocol because even in Vancouver, like if you have a bottle, they'll pour your bottle into all the shot glasses and get rid of the bottle. And so mm-hmm. then, when you want to drink, they'll just take that shot glass, throw it in the in the glass, and then make you drink. They don't keep the bottle on the table. That's smart. Where was this at? That's, in Vancouver. But that's a whole other country. They, they'll, they'll have like twenty four <laughs> shot glasses ready, and they'll just evenly fill each shot glass up. Mm-hmm. And then get rid of the bottle, and then when you want to drink, the waitress will probably like safety. Take the, take the uh, shot glass and make you drink according to that shot glass. Safety precaution, you want. yeah, single or double. Yeah, so I, I, you I don't, think you I don't want to toss. Le- you don't want to toss that bottle across the room. No, I, I think it's more about legally. Uh, you need a permit or a license to be a bartender and to serve liquor in an establishment. And if you put that control in the hands of the patron, they mm-hmm. can overdrink it, alcohol poisoning, and. They're liable for whatever. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. like legally, I don't. I could be totally wrong here. I'm just thinking out my ass. I don't think it's <laughs> the fact that they can throw a, a heavy Pause. Belvedere bottle at somebody because <laughs> they could throw a fucking beer bottle at somebody yeah, and fuck true. somebody up. Um, but yeah, I mean, moving forward into the second year, uh, you know, we're gonna try to like interview. I want to get some rhino strippers in here. Yeah, we. I'm about to say I've had dancers come up to me like, yo, they want to be on a podcast. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The thing is, like, we I said that in the beginning. You said that in the beginning, but then 
your mom listens. Darren's mom listens. My mom reposts the video. <laughs> I mean, I would love to get <laughs> so just hit yo fam. This is a crazy city, all right. I've been here 13 years, and I can't believe I've been here 13 years. Like I'm ashamed of myself living here. <laughs> it's my first. I had my one year anniversary the other day. One year, yeah. Lots yeah. changed, man. Yeah, we got it. I got here, and we got right into the shit. Huh? We like I I moved here and we got right into the podcast, which is great. You're you're becoming less annoying every year. Yeah, man. It goes down <laughs> as you get older. <laughs> yeah, so I do want I mean, I think my main thing is I want I definitely want to talk to strippers. Mm-hmm. I definitely want to talk to a pimp. There are mad pimps in Vegas. <laughs> Dude, we gotta it's go like to that pimp. one Yo, to that one casino. It's a pimp city here in Vegas, like you guys yeah. don't understand. And I want to talk to some like escorts. But we gotta talk like a escorts a, a, are everywhere, bro. Yeah, we got. I want to do a, a podcast at the Vinyl. Yeah, let's do it. We already talked. We kind of already talked about. If this. you don't really yeah. want to hear me talk, just go there and I eat the chicken fingers while y'all talk. Hey yo, with your yeah. Gatorade, my Gatorade and chicken <laughs> fingers. It's the weird shit. Crazy. It's like one of my boys used to drink Slim Fast with a meal. And you know what's? Do you yeah, even yeah, know what yeah, Slim yeah, Fast yeah, yeah. is? Does Slim Fast even exist? Yeah, it's yeah, So he drink. He have dinner with Slim Fast? Yeah, because it was like a chocolate shake. I'm about to say, well, he shit right after I dinner. Don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Then he went to Jenny Craig. Nobody uh, knows what Jenny Craig is. Yeah. His little meal plans, right? Yeah, the little, to lose weight shit. Is that still around? That was a yeah, joke back um, in the day. Um, isn't Khaled like a sponsor? Of oh, Jenny sh- Craig? No. Damn, Khaled's everywhere getting the bag. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that shit. Uh, what are we going to talk about? Hey, quickly, I got a question. Anything interesting about Hype Fest in New York? I didn't hear much. Okay. I saw uh, Fran Relations was out there, and he was like, he's posting a lot of videos. Shout out to Fran Relations. Shout out to the whole Shout out to Santa Boys. Boys. And um, they were out there. I didn't even know what was going on until you mentioned it. Hype Fest? Yeah, I was like, what the fuck what is, is this? What is that? Uh, That's like a new complex con by Hype Beast. Really? So Hype Beast. Mm. But it's more of a festival. Well, no, Nike pulled out of Complex Con. <laughs> Everybody pulled out mm-hmm. of Complex Con. So Complex Con doesn't have Nike. Or Adidas, I think. No. I think Adidas is staying with Complex Con. I didn't no? see the I didn't see the brand on that flyer. I didn't see like their logo. I saw the performance list for that shit Complex Con. Sad. Complex Con? It didn't look well, good. Who is it? You're better you're better off flying to Dre's the whole weekend. <laughs> I'll tell you that. They got Ray Shrimmer. Uh-huh. I saw that. They got that's Action decent. Bronson. I like Action Bronson, so I'm not even going to shit on that. That's decent. Yeah. But no, you, they went from Kid Cudi and Kanye West to this in a matter of two years. Did Kanye West never performed at Complex? He was announced to be the the number the first at the first one. Really? Yeah. And then he pulled out because he had the mental issues. Hey, yo. But let me tell you, Kid Cudi was still up there. And yeah. NERD was last year. La- the last two years, they had a pretty good run, but Nike pulled out. A lot of people pulled out. Oh, hey, yo. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. They pulled out. They pulled out. So Nike is a partner with a hype fest. Nah. Yeah. How does, is that how Was it works? It? Yeah. Nike, I didn't even know that. Nike wanted to create their own. I think they want to, from what I've heard, I don't know who I talked to about I said this. Nike Con. Yeah, we discussed Are they doing Nike Con? I, I hope. That's just an No, no, no. I, th- I thought it was hype fest. Nah. Maybe contractually. That's why they're not at Complex Con. Or they had a way to... I want to know why they stopped fucking with Complex Con. Something must have happened. Well, let me tell you. I was there last year. Uh, that that Nike booth was insane. Yeah. The lines were fucking... Like, people were, like, passing out because they were in line for four to five hours. That Undefeated... I'm surprised. I don't know if Undefeated is on the bill, but 
the undefeated booth damn nearly got destroyed to well, pieces. Well, let's keep it one hundred. Let's keep it one hundred. When you go to when I went to Complex Con, I was at the same one you went to last year. Yeah. No one gave a shit about anybody else there except for the Nike booth, the, the Union booth, booth, and the Union booth, and the an undefeated booth, and then maybe the uh, the Adidas booth was maybe like fourth. What's that one booth? Uh, J Balvin was at. I forgot. Oh, that one was um, popping too. It was the J Balvin booth, right? Was it the J Balvin? <laughs> <laughs> Your boy? Yeah. Oh no, no, uh, Bucanas. Bucanas was the booth, but it was the J Balvin booth. But yeah. that one was popping. Yeah, that was with, all his merch. That was with Upscale Vandal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah shout out to Upscale. Uh, Please get back on your story game. Um, but, uh, that one was popping, Undefeated Union. No, but that you definitely crazy. saw that Nike was the main attraction there. Oh, yeah, because the booth was half of the fucking So place. what was it showing, the Nike booth? That you can make your own T-shirt. You can your customize own your own Air Force It was one. when, like, the, the Travis Scott's. Like you, the you can customize everything. The yeah. Rockefellers dropped and Off all that white. shit. Mm-hmm. So you think Nike saw that and like we can just do our own? Yeah, thing. because they put a million dollars in their own booth and just yeah. the in the build out of their their booth. So for them, they were probably like, "Yo, why the fuck are we helping Complex Con? Like, yeah. why are we doing this here? We could do our own shit." Yeah, and especially they're probably feeling themselves right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. they're back on especially top, especially with the Kaepernick. Shit. Like, I'm sure they were feeling themselves with. The off-white shit. And the yeah. Travis yeah. Scott. And the Travis Scott's, the Don C's and all that. And they were just like, yo, uh, yeah, we're really feeling ourselves with Kaepernick now. Like, we could really do something huge. Y'all can suck our dick from the back. And they got the NFL shit. They yeah. do. They man. got the, not, the ads that are running. Yeah. The Kaepernick ads. You can probably yeah. lose it all. But they, they got another. Oh, another believe uh, in your shit. Just imagine a Nike con, right, <laughs> with Kaepernick speaking there. Well, okay. Oh, wait, wait. That would be crazy. Sorry. Kobe Bryant and Kendrick Lamar had a live panel last year at the Nike one at Compass Yeah. That was insane. That was a talk. Damn, man. Didn't Kendrick drop his... He didn't drop that damn Cortez yet, right? No, he already did. He this did. is the third one. Now he did like a house slipper. That shit looked tight. That shit looked that comfortable. Shit looked tight. The purple that one shit. with the gray? Oh, no, no, no. It was orange. It wasn't oh, it? orange. Sorry, not purple. Yeah. I was thinking about but you was, had, you those had like, purple Jordan ones. I got those, baby. Size eleven, if you want. Them. You had every like NBA player at that Nike booth. Yeah, yeah. Like customizing shoes, like every. Laker but that's was an there. experience. So yeah. I think Nike's gonna be like, you know what? Let's put this on tour. Every city gets a different player. That'd be pretty amazing. Or that, that that team in that city. Now I'm selling a, an idea. If Complex Con falls off this year, what I'm does that surprised. mean? I mean. That's it's, a scary yo. That's so scary. Nike, no, no, I mean, that that no, nah, that just shows how fickle, like no, branding man. is. Like yo, and like yo, like honestly, it's, when you when your marketing is hype, you don't control the market, yo. I don't yeah. want to say fickle. I want to say, um, and I'm you know this is just me. This is my opinion. They kind of jumped off. They jumped on the the that wave, the complex. Hype, yeah, what? the the hype wave, the supreme wave, the everything the hype beast if you may yeah. quote unquote they hyped on they hopped on that wave and try to uh monetize that wave and this is the result of it and that's not only them but this is a lot of like even stores that hop on that wave and then crumble in a year and that's my opinion because i'm in that in that uh culture or yeah. business but that's what it is if you hype on a wave and you really don't hop on a wave hop sorry uh, you mean hop on the hype wave? Yeah, hop on the hype wave. Uh, but that's what you get. If you try to culture vulture it, 
That's what you get. I mean, Complex was number one. Like they were definitely culture vulture in the yeah, shit. Cause yeah, because Hypebeast, I, I would have, I, I think Hypebeast would be better because they've been curating those relationships with Nike, with Nice Kicks, with all these fucking places for fucking years now, almost a decade. Yeah, but they've been losing traction, no? Because Complex came in. No, no, I'm saying Complex has been losing traction a little bit. Oh no, no, yeah, because again, you hop on a wave that you don't know, so eventually you're gonna run out of shit. So this hype piece is just in New York, or they hype fest? Hype fest. Is this just in New it's York? A, it's like an or? East Coast version. Yeah, which is dope. So they're not bringing it to like L.A. or I mean, we don't in the know. future. But I mean, they should really focus on the regional thing. It was more high end though. Yeah, it was definitely more high end. I, don't, I think I you had like eight. Uh, ACW, uh, a Cold Wall. You had like, uh, fuck. You had John Elliott there. Oh yeah. He debuted his new Nikes. John Elliott has a Nike. Like an Air Force One. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a bunch of shit. I you mean, know, but you shout know what? Shout to my man, uh, Chinatown Market, Mike. He was there. That's dope. He did a collab. There was a bunch China, of shit. Well, Chinatown Market is on the come up fast. No, nah, they're up there. They're up there with like pleasures right now. No, yeah. they're them two brands are coming up quick. Yeah. Uh, but again, you told me about that, and I didn't even know about that. What? So it was kind of cool. Like that was kind of like the hype under, fest. Yeah, that was kind of like under the radar. Yeah, because I, I didn't really see anything on social media promoting that or anything like that. Me either. Yeah, I didn't. Even and I follow hype beast, and I follow all that shit. And I didn't see it, but then again, my you know the Instagram is weird. But that was kind of like the the low pro type of shit. Cause maybe you they were, yeah, I mean maybe they were testing that shit out, which is cool. But I don't know. I want to see how CompassCon does this year. I think it's done. After this year. That's so sad. It's so sad to me that you could like, something can have a three-year run and then just die. Think about last year, they they, they had like, dude, they already had, uh, uh, what's that fucking thing called that you lo- used to like? Uh, Everyday Struggle. Granted. Complex. Joe, yeah. Granted, Joe Budden had his baby shower the same weekend, but they should have ran that differently. You mean they? You mean they fucked it up? Yeah, they fucked it up. They didn't like, even the, the sneaker panel. They brought like people that are, that shouldn't even be in that because they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, like, who, did, I, who did they have? Um, I think Wale should have been there. Mm-hmm. I think Fr- Friend Relations was in there. I think, and I don't want you know, I'm not throwing anybody else under the bus, but some of the other people that were on there were like, eh. like mm-hmm. I don't like a sneaker thing. No offense to him, but I see his shit more of a high class. I don't know why Buchem- Buscemi was there. Mm-hmm. Like, he's more on the, I see him in a higher, like, like he's not streetwear. He's kind of like a um, a Balenciaga kind of, like the high fashion shit. No, I don't know. I think his roots are in streetwear, though. Before he became, uh, before he started the Buscemi, he was But like, his sneaker is not a sneaker. I don't know. Does that even sell anymore? I don't know. But that, like that, like, don't have that. Go look for like the founder of like shit like undefeated. Yo, you notice how I want to ja- talk to. I want to hear from a James Bond, from a Jerry. You notice how Jamie like is very um, positive and green when he comes when he talks about DJing, like the industry of nightlife. And then as soon as we talk about sneakers and shit, he starts talking his shit. Yo, start getting <laughs> start like shitting on people and shit. I mean, it's the truth. This you understand? I've been on the shit forever. Uh-huh. And a lot of people barely get on. And like, even like, not not to go that far, like, the whole plug name. Like, that shit was, I was running that first. You were the, pl- you were the first plug. The original. Yo, that's so 
You gotta understand that, and then now everybody's that's so like, sad. So what year was this? Yeah, <laughs> that's so sad that Jamie is the first plug. <laughs> no, the, the, this shit was running for a while though. So wait, wait, wait. The, it came. <clears throat> I was already cool with a lot of people when I was helping a lot of so people. So yeah, yeah. So you went by Jamie the plug, or you no? It was just like the plug because Travis Scott apparently called him the plug on some show. Yeah. Right? No, that was on, at Riff. You were talking about it. Yo, this is the plug. This is the plug, and that's where it caught on. Really? Yeah. I didn't know this. But that was and, wait, wait, and and everyone wanted to be the plug after you. Everybody like I put, I did a shirt that said I feel like the plug like the, I feel like Pablo, and I sold a lot of shit. I lost, I sold a lot of shirts. How many sold? How many sold? It was like ten G's at the end. That's good. That What'd was you really do with good. that. I inv- I had to pay some of my car off. Gatorade and <laughs> Gatorade and burgers in and out, and uh and a lot of fitted caps. But no um and then somebody else and a lot of people know who did it, but. Somebody else did the same shit I did and tried to sell the same sell the same shirt. Mm-hmm. So it was just like that's the country we live in. Yeah, you know. And I'm, I'm, mine wasn't an original fucking idea either, but it was just like that's yeah. when you, that's honestly the saddest shit in the world. Though that's when you know you have something good is that everyone will steal it, yeah. including friends and peers. No, and I knew this person. Yeah, and I I called them out. That's I said, Yo. the most sad shit. That is the worst shit, and I'm. Oh my god! And I told him straight up. I'm saying, "What's up? You sending me a percentage of this? Because this is exactly my shirt." Yeah. You just changed the the da to a the. And then what did he say? He said, "Come on, man, we homies." He said, "No, that's my," because he was calling his dad the plug. He said, "Yo, that's my dad's merch." I'm like, "Dog, that's the same. It goes to the same bank account." And oh I told him straight god. up. But anyway, that's like whatever. But no, I, that that Wait, was my. Are y'all still friends? I don't really talk to him. You shitting on him right now? You shitting on him? He's a, he's way younger than me. That's why too. Damn, I don't want to shit on him. What's his name? He still don't get a pass. <laughs> I'll say what's his, his name. His name? <laughs> his name is. He don't get a pass because he's young. I don't care. Yeah. Yo, you money. But um, like I, I don't want to get into it. But let's go find that motherfucker. <laughs> nah. His dad tried to step up to me, and I was like, Let's go look for his, the dad. His dad. <laughs> his dad tried to step up to me at at a at a sneaker show, and he was like, Yeah, you gotta respect me, dude. I was like, I'm like, you don't know what world you're in right now. Like yeah. you you talking. Crazy, but like this house. is my shit. Like I know everybody in here. Yeah. You don't want to get. I don't give a fuck if you drive a Ferrari. We Who had your busy. back? Fran Relations had your back. Fran Relations <laughs> up in the front. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was one of those things. It was like you walk, you come into, Yo. you walk into my shit. Like people know me. That's like Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> you yeah. you and Fran Relations fucking shit up. Shout out to Fran. I am Groot and and the raccoon. <laughs> 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 Me and friend is good in the raccoon. I'm good. No, shouts to friend. But um, no, it's just one of those things where everybody just hops on a wave, and that's why I'm so passionate about it because that shit paid my bills for fuck a long time, and it still pays my bills. Mm-hmm. But it's just one of those things that people jump on the wave, and you're like, Ugh. so you think it's a sign with Complex Con, a kind of like let, well, let's see what happens with Complex Con in a month. I think it's in a flop. When is but, the next Complex Con? On November next month. So if if that does flop. Mm. Do you think this whole hype wave is going to end? It's already kind of ending, in my opinion. But Nike's always going to be hot. Oh, yeah. Nike's always going to be hot. Adidas has been cold yeah. recently. I started wearing Adidas just because Whoa. it was cold. Wait, have they, though? You started they, wearing Adidas? I, I st- you started wearing Adidas because I had a bunch of NMDs that I was wearing. And then I'd like, yeah, you want them? I was like, yeah. But have they been it's cold? Do you think they've been cold? Oh, already? they've been cold, bro. They've how been cold many, for like two years. How many Nike releases have you wanted? And how many Adidas the releases have you? Dude, won? you've been and on every fucking raffle, Darren. And don't yeah. don't include Yeezy. 
yeah, I wouldn't include Yeezy in the Darren, they hit you up if you wanted the Yeezys. When did that ever happen? True. <laughs> <laughs> like, we were always hitting people up. But they're still selling out. Right? That doesn't mean shit. I mean, it, it, does, it does mean something. But uh, yeah. I mean, the, I'm looking the, at the, the dad shoe is still selling out. That, like, moon rock looking thing. The, the moon boot. What is it? <laughs> yeah, oh, there we go. That's shows, where we're going to end are, Shows where my, where my knowledge is at, but. No, nah, but that's what I'm saying. Like that's why I get so passionate about it because that shit is my shit. Yeah. So yeah, and I put. I You're talking about the 500 or the yes, 700? The 500. The 500. I actually like the 700s that never got. Yeah, those those, so, those, those were out, fucking right? the I'm best. A, I've been put saying out. those have been dope, man. Yeah. They're the 700, the the first colorway. Yeah. He's not gonna get any better than that for a long time. That shit's hard. I mean, I saw a uh, a prototype of a basketball shoe that didn't look bad. I mean, yeah, he's the ones doing, he's been wearing, yeah. He's been trying to cook up a lot of shit, but and the one that uh, I think Brandon Ingram from the Lakers is wearing a, a Pharrell basketball shoe, like proto. I don't know if it's a Puma's even or, doing the basketball shoe. I'm not mad at theirs. There's pretty the dope Clydes, right? Yeah, those are nice. Sweet. I want to see that Jigga Puma NBA basketball shoe. It's a lot. No, of There's dudes. a lot. Yeah. No, it's not just a Jigga. Jigga is the president. But Jigga is doing everything. Of the basketball part. Was he rocking like a Nike sweatsuit on stage? Recently? I don't remember. I know it was a Puma. He was, I know he was rocking the Pumas. Puma then, then one week he just NBA started dudes. rocking Nikes. You had like Boogie Cousins rocking the Pumas. Oh yeah, he uh, was wearing them. Joel Embiid rocking the Pumas. I just want to see where I think I think Jay Z's gonna take that Puma basketball shit to a different level. Really? I think so. I'm gonna think so. I think so. I think a because lot of you understand would it because it's Jay Z? Yeah, Jay Z has an influence on people. I mean, look at like the Rock Nation sports. Yeah. Like he, like, he really takes care of those For instance, athletes. like Marvin Bagley, he was the second pick in the NBA draft. Well, we talked He's, about this, right? Yeah. I mean, he, he wants to be a rapper. So, obviously, Jigga took advantage of that angle. Like, okay, you're signed to Rock Management, Rock Nation. You're going to help you with your rap career, and you're going to be signed to You're going to get a verse? You're going to get a hot <laughs> 16? Yo, that's the dumbest reason to sign with a management, man. For real. It's a 19-year-old oh, kid man. that's an NBA He's star that 19, wants to rap. He was born in 99. Cricket. That's crazy. The Chronic is a lot older right. than him. So let's see what happens with Complex Gun. I, 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 I'm curious. Yeah. I wanna, you, you keep saying that the Supreme Wave is going to die, but I don't think it is. I think it's, just, it's already kind of like dead about it. Like, uh-huh. I, think, I think it's done. You think it's done right now? Yeah. Like, before, like, well, you guys are looking at me crazy, but let me explain. So before every release was hot, every week, like, there was a fucking hit every week. Like, I made... <laughs> I made <laughs> I'm out of one jacket I made two G's mm-hmm. and I got the jacket for like 163 but I have high I have high like clientele like that like my clientele like, like I have certain people but if I made two G's out of like a regular uh, fleece sweater mm-hmm. I mean I think it's gonna be there I just think it's gonna become like more like Bape you know how Bape doesn't resell for that much and then you know they're opening up more stores. As yeah, they know. so I just think it's gonna be still supreme, and I think there's just gonna be like less rare shit that like that like quadruples in price. Don't get me wrong, that that box logo hype is never gonna die. Mm-hmm. But you know the Sade T was more impactful than the Madonna T. I don't know if it has to do with anybody. I think more people know Madonna than Sade. I mean the the day the Sade shit, people were calling her Sadie. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. And you know the Nas is more impactful than you know than than like any of the new uh, portrait tees are gonna come out. 
So I'm just saying, like back then, like year, year and a half ago, not even that far, it was more, there was more hype and there was more money into it. Now everybody's in it. But well, Supreme haven't really dropped anything big recently, right? They have. They just did the Nike earrings. So have you guys seen, <laughs> have you mm, seen anybody nah. with the Nike earrings with the swoosh? They have, they just dropped that. They had that. a big collab recently. They had the CDG. Com, uh, I, I mean, they always do song. CDJ. CDG, sorry. Yeah, they have the CD. CDJ. <laughs> C- CDG. Remember Come that? Song. Yeah, they had that, the box logo. They had... Um, yeah, they had a whole a big Nike wear collab. Yeah. That's pretty fucking huge. Like a week ago. And then they had another big one. Pause. No, they had, free, they had a few uh, bangers. They had that, what is it? That soccer shoe, right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to talk but about anyway, uh, it. But anyway, and, and, and you know, wrapping it up, pause. Um... Yeah, I think Supreme, I give it one more year to be not that cool. So it's going to go back to something else. I would never wear Supreme right now. No. I'm a different dude. I I like the accessories. Like, I have the Yankee Supreme banner. I have the towel. The accessories, like the fanny packs? Uh, I mean, those are bags. Have you been seeing motherfuckers with fanny packs in nightclubs? That's the dumbest shit I've ever seen (laughs) in my life, man. They call them the Merce? Satchel. Oh, no. Satchel. um, Satchel. Uh, wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. Have it's called seen, the clout bag. Have you uh, seen I, I, the, the body fanny packs? The, the, wait, LV, no. the, the LV ones? The chest ones where it's like. It looks like you're carrying a baby but not a baby. No. no it, it looks like. It, oh, my God. It looks crazy. It. Yeah, it's like a full-on strap. Like it, looks like, it looks like a military, like a, a chest rig. That and it's like. That doesn't sound good. Huh? It doesn't sound good. I'm going to no. see fucking Darren wearing one, working nah, out to that shit. Like, yo, this was hot, right? Yeah. He's like, no, I like carrying my shit in here. Put my um, chapstick. It's very efficient, guys. I know, for your chapstick. <laughs> Look at my wallet fits in here, my phone. I got a phone charger. You need a phone charger? I do like efficiency. Back to DJ. Keys. <laughs> Back to DJ shit. Yes. What's up? How's your weekend been? Crazy? It was good. It was crazy. It was busy. Crazy? Yeah. You look stressed out, Nev. Yeah. Just, uh. <laughs> no, he's been stressed out for like two weeks. Because he can't, he can't, I took him, I gave him a ride home and he brought something up. He said, yo, man, these openers. And I was like, yo, save it for the podcast. Because we need, we need this. He wasn't happy. This, But this happened like a month like, ago, right? No, but something happened recently. Maybe. I'm not going to say where I was at, but... I get to the venue and there's the opener, and he tells me, "Hey, what's up, man? I'm I'm not gonna burn you in no whatever or anything, whatever." I'm off like, the back right. though, like that. Yeah, off the back, like right, cool. Right, so I put right. my bag down. I was. This isn't the typical shitting on an opener thing, right? No, this is a good experience because nah, he kind of told me. So I was like, "Oh." So I'm like, "All right, cool." So I walked around the club, the venue, and I hear Cardi B. Which one? Bodak um, Yellow? I hear Bodak Yellow. Ooh. I'm like, all right, damn. Hey, that's a wait, good opener record. That's a good opener. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. It gets better. It gets better. So after that, I hear, I like it like that. Nice. Hold on, hold on. I want to get context. Is this a city? This is not Vegas. It's not Vegas. So this is a city that typically probably closes at 3 o'clock in the morning. 2 o'clock. No, 2 o'clock. No. 2 o'clock. 1.30. 2 o'clock. 145 is last call. Drink it. 135. 1.30 last call. And okay. It, yeah. Proceed. Go ahead. So I, will, I might, so I will walk back to the DJ booth mm-hmm. and I like look at the DJ while he's spinning and he sees me and he changes the record. He went from um, I Like It Like That to Daft Punk um, around the world. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he went from 74. Something BPM to like 124. Yeah. In and, a matter and, of a second. Yeah. So, and then it gets worse. So I was like, fuck Here's the question though. Why would he change the record or why would he change to opener shit? I don't not, know. That. Not as soon as he sees you, like you can't hear what the fuck is playing in the room. Yeah. Well, he probably thought I went elsewhere. 
Because it was like a upstairs at the venue. Okay. But I don't know. But like I said, he just played that punk. Was it, was it packed out already? It was getting busy. It was getting busy. Yeah. Okay. So I was like, fuck it. Let me get on. So I was like, yo, my man, I'm going to get on right now. So get my, my laptop out. <laughs> yo. And I like. Them. The passive aggressive, my man. I, I plugged everything in. <laughs> and then the um my laptop wasn't reading the S9 because he was using the um Pioneer S9. Okay. okay. It wasn't reading it. So I realized like, oh, shit. I got to use DJ Pro. Mm. So I told his DJ, hey, can you get back on? And he was like, nah. <laughs> he just hit you with the nah. He was dude. like, nah, 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 nah. I'm done. N A H. I'm like, oh shit. All right. So the manager was there. He was like, yo, I got my iPad. I could play music off the iPad. <laughs> I thought he was gonna say, let me DJ. So, all right. Shit. Well, I'm trying to like um, upload the um, DJ Pro and shit. Yeah. The iPad was playing, and it, he played every hit record that's out. Well, the, iPad the iPad was playing a mix. It wasn't even a mix. It was just like playing every hit song. Damn. I'm like, oh, fuck, man. So while I'm trying to set this shit up, the night got better. As I'm trying to set everything up, a fight breaks out on the dance floor. Oh, So I'm like, oh, shit. So you know who was getting punched in the face? Who? The opener. Ooh. (laughs) Wait, were you like- He got jabbed like three times in the face. I'm like, oh, shit. Karma. That was karma. That was his karma. Yeah, that's definitely his karma. There's DJ God. There's There's a DJ DJ God. God. I was like, there's a God. And it was so funny. I got everything set up, and I started DJing. And I look behind me, and I see the DJ. He's just like sitting there, like all upset and shit. Like so holding I, ice. I just to looked the at face. him and just shook my head. I'm he's like, he's over there bleeding. <laughs> he's over and there then bleeding. I just kept on DJ. Here's the question: did, <laughs> did it matter that all those hits were played earlier in the night? It kind of mattered because everybody was wilding out, and I had to like. Yeah, kind of fucked up my set. You had yeah. to reset it. Exactly. Yeah. So it kind of so it kind of took some of your ar- arsenal out. A little bit. Yeah. That's and one, that, that's a tough. Well, go ahead. I D. was gonna say I, that's one thing I don't really understand with uh, Serato DJ, and maybe we can get some answers from Serato. Once you download the new version, mm-hmm. it's like the old version just doesn't work exactly with anything yeah. mm-hmm. like a controller, the S nine. Yeah. Or if you have Scratch Live, when they would come out with new versions, that old version would still work exactly. Yeah. As long as you wanted it to, you could be on a, a few a few of the older versions, and it would still work. I but, still have like two versions in yeah, my laptop. But with, with Serato DJ Pro, as soon as that new version comes out. Mm-hmm. It's the old ones. Obsolete. Exactly. Yeah. It won't work with any does function in S9 or controller. Does mm-hmm. that mean you have to update the controller, the mixers that you guys are using? The, like the firmware the on program? the mixer? Yeah, the firmware and the thing. Well, like I feel the like box. you got to just update your program. Your, um, wait, wait. What's the question? Because I hear somebody said, somebody told me this a while ago. He goes, yeah, I had I had to uh, update the firmware or the, the whatever the fuck he was using. I think it was a Serato box. Because of the new version of Serato. And I was like, you only no, 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 have no. to do there, that? There's a firmware on the program that you can update. Oh, okay. So, like, for example, sometimes if, uh, shit, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of uh, a Am time I- that this happened where uh, Scratch Live, oh, fuck. And my question is, now, is that the DJ's fault or is that, like, the venue's fault? No, 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 no. I mean, it's nobody's fault. It's just... Serato, it's Serato and Rain. It's the, it's they just need to pick a standard and and yeah. you know whatever. But you know that time when you try to use either Scratch Live or you try to use uh, Serato DJ, yeah, mm-hmm. and then it doesn't work. But until you upload or download the firmware, exactly, yeah, 
But I had to do that as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So like, so even if you wanted to use Scratch Live again, you couldn't until you downloaded the updated firmware on Serato DJ. So I mm-hmm. had a problem like that earlier this year mm-hmm. when I started DJing in Vegas. And shout out to DJ P. Dot. He's like, "Yo, I need you to uh, update. I uh, know upload every firmware from the S9 to the." Uh, to the Pioneer 2000. So he made me like download everything. It took mm-hmm. me like 30 minutes, but I never had that issue ever after that. So maybe you got to do that. <laughs> Just I mean, uh, after that. Uh, yeah, update maybe you got to do that. I do never. that. <laughs> you work on that. I'm going to work on about that. 30 minutes. Now. I'm going to work on that, Jamie. <laughs> Try the plug-in, bro. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. That's why I'm here. <laughs> Jamie, you sound really close to the mic. Oh, should yeah. I go further? Just bassy and... Hello. Yeah, it's creeping me out. I feel like hey. when you talk, I can feel the the rustling of your beard blowing. <laughs> Troubling. Yeah. Okay. That's better. Is that better? That's okay. nice. It's less Barry White in my ear. Hey. Yeah, nice. Um, <laughs> what do you call it? Damn, that was a fucked up night. Yeah. It I mean, it was stressful. It was there. The beginning was stressful, but I, I guess it worked out at the end. <laughs> you, know, you, know how I know, you, you know how I know that Neva's like a little frustrated sometimes? Because oh. he kind of like, he does like, like he he can't pick his word how to start, but it's like, ah, it's, well, and he starts with the well, but he does the whole. Ah. So when he started that about the open, I was like, oh, he's, he's a little. Spicy. I know I hate complaining about openers. Yeah, you know, but I mean we yeah, all man. open close, man. I mean, exactly. Go through it, man. yeah. I mean, there's I, a, a way to do shit. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. What's his name? Uh, that. Uh, oh, there was a spicy tweet out there. Yeah, there was a tweet by. Uh, Jay Espinosa. Yeah. Shouts to Jay Espinosa in San Francisco. What did he say? Bay Area. Does, does anyone have that ready? Oh, I got it. Got it? Uh, yeah. Yeah, he went off. Oh, no. He went off the fucking. Like, he was ready to kill somebody. Should I read the tweet? Here we go. Jay Espinosa. I, I wish I knew what time he posted this, but it was the middle of the night. Y'all headlining DJs who bitch about opening DJs burning shit suck a butthole. If you're so good, you should be able to kill it no matter what. You sucker ass fake privileged jerk. Overpaid Damn. asses. Work for yours? You need Damn, you need you're the, reading this horribly, man. You need uh, the right. open <laughs> DJs. You're like putting the wrong emphasis on the wrong words. Well, it's cause you uh, Y'all y'all headlining <laughs> y'all headlining DJs who bitch about opening DJs burning you should suck a butthole. If you're so good, you should be able to kill it no matter what. You sucker ass fake privileged jerk. Over, <laughs> overpaid. Wait, where did this come Wait, from? Overpaid asses work for yours. You need the opening DJs to save you. Um, really? If you can get burned, you just suck. There's a hundred years of music. Y'all lazy. These are my ways. LOL. Yeah, so, and then he put, this goes out to you and you, Biggie Voice. What? I mean, I agree with him. In what way? I agree with him that... No matter what an opener does, it shouldn't affect your set. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can feel. But here's the thing: so if it's somebody, a free country, <laughs> and just like Jamie can drink Gatorade with his In and Out Burger, <laughs> shout yeah. out. I can, if, if a headliner DJ can feel some type of way about an opener, it's a, it's a it's a free it's a free. But, okay, shouldn't the opener show the headliner respect? Listen to me. If we're in a different time, though. Let's talk about now. Okay, I'm gonna play you you. You agree with Jay Spinoza, right? I to a certain, I don't agree with his delivery. Okay, but you agree. You're kind of on his side. No, no, no. I think what he's stating is a fact. That okay. is a fact. That if you're headlining, 
you should be able to have no matter what an opener does i know openers i know listen okay i've known djs who try to sabotage other djs by getting them overly drunk I've like seen, I've witnessed that. Yo, like I've names, seen, that, I've seen shit. that shit. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen DJs undercut. I'm, I've just seen a lot of. That's shady That's kind of worse than burning. Well, I've seen a lot of shady shit okay. with, with DJs who are so-called homies with me, who mm-hmm. have like talked shit about me and made sure that I wasn't able to work. Okay, so uh, so I'm trying to say is that that shouldn't, even though that happens, you know, it shouldn't. You have to bounce back from that shit. You got to figure it out. Yeah, okay, let, let me play. Be, I'll play devil's advocate, and I'll be against the tweet. Well, what are you? Where's your stance? Do you agree with him? <sighs> to a certain extent, I kind of agree and kind of don't. What is it that you don't agree and don't? I mean, it depends on the time. If you're in a different time zone, like Vegas. Vegas. Ah, very good point. So my whole thing is, so if you're a headliner in L.A., your set's from 12 to one thirty. You can play nothing but hits in that part, or you can kind of switch off on different sets. So my whole thing is, if you you can burn somebody in a Vegas nightclub, a headliner goes on twelve thirty to three. That's two and a half hour set. That's an extra hour in comparisons of LA. Sometimes four. Sometimes four, and sometimes you. I seen Darren do. He did all three shifts from ten to like three o'clock. So it's like five hours. So it's a different. I think it's, it depends on the time zone. He said three shifts. Three shifts. Oh, good damn. <laughs> so, but that's what I'm saying. Like it depends. So if if you're in LA or in the West Coast, your t- your set time is not as long. So if a if an opener will play a Cardi B, mm-hmm. uh, 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 Yellow, it's not really a burn because you have an hour and a half just to play music, and then typically. In LA, it's a lot of um, that two minutes for a song. Mm-hmm. In Vegas, I seen you fucking do five songs in two minutes. Like you got in and out, getting and you hitting them. So it's a different. I think it, it just depends on what space you in. Well, you're talking about a bunch of things now. You're talking about style, but I think what you brought up was good. Was the times, the the set times, and the different zones and cities that you're in, right? Yeah. Um, well, set time in Vegas is two hours. Two, two, headliner. No, twelve thirty to two thirty. Depends. Depends where you go, man. Mm-hmm. It could be like twelve thirty to three. I seen. Yeah. I seen you start twelve fifteen, and you didn't get off to like three. Crooked. I mean, I'll get off at pause at three thirty. Yeah, mm-hmm. you keep going, but pause. I mean, I've closed the night because I don't, honestly, man, like if I don't get off the decks at like two thirty. You're not getting off. No, no, no. If I don't get off right at the decks at two thirty, like yo, I'm I'm over it or I'm tired and I have the closer come on. And if I, if my if my closing sets till three, like what the fuck is the point of the the closer to be there? I look at it as like a teamwork thing. Like I'm not gonna keep you here all night. Yeah. Waiting and listening to me. If mm. you can go home, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. and that's and that's the courtesy a headliner gives to a closer. Yeah. And there's there's a courtesy that an opener and a closer gives to the headliner. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like those are the it's it's a the teamwork thing and I think that's the thing that's missing here. And I think the thing that is missing from Jay's tweet so did is that, that he's making it uh it, it, it well the, no, I guess it's not missing, but I think it should be a team effort where it's like 
if I'm opening for somebody, I'm gonna make him feel as comfortable as possible. Absolutely, so he's making and it feel I, like yeah. it's a your guys are against each other. Yeah, I almost. don't. No, I don't think he's actually. It's he's so aggressive in that that tweet. Well, he yeah. said he later on said that he was off of tequila. Like yeah, he yeah, was but drunk. I'm just saying, like, he's so aggressive in that tweet. It sounds like he's he's the making it a division, but he's not. What he's trying to tell these headliners is to like, yo, like, you don't, you know. You just gotta like become a better DJ, which is very vague and it's very yeah. like. Uh, so did it sound like he was opening for someone and they might have like he was to a, him? Yeah. I mean, let's not. I mean, I don't think that's the point of it. I think, but that I, in the heat of the moment, that kind of could have been what it was. Yeah, like well, he was opening I mean, for someone and then they might have came to him like asking why he's playing something, and then he's like, "What?" Like, yeah, because he was in the standpoint uh, of the. Uh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. he was kind of like <laughs> in the standpoint of the opener. Huh? Like he was saying, like like he was talking but from the opener. Isn't he stance. a headlining DJ? Yeah, he's a headlining DJ. Yeah, I think we all headline and we all open and close at different times. I in th- our but lives. then again, there's an art to open a room and open up a night. I mean, let's not even put it that way. Do we all agree that the way a night is curated is important? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, I just think that's the that's the focus, mm-hmm. and if everyone believes in that one focus, that a night should be curated a certain way and built up a certain way. Everyone from security to the bartender to the busboy to the dancers to, to the, the opener to the closer. We're all here to make this experience bananas. Yeah. When an opener or somebody just starts playing for themselves or just is like, yo, like they're playing obvious songs that they shouldn't, mm-hmm. it's, it's a question of why you're playing those songs. Is it because one, you don't know how to get the crowd hype with other songs? Yeah. Two, you want to play those songs, or three, you don't give a fuck. And either either one of those uh, is not like a beneficial thing to the night. That's the problem. And then I also, well, what I do agree is that I think DJs, if, even if it's an opener or headliner, they should know how to get in certain pockets. And not just depend on the on the on the, the heavy hits. hitters on the hits, because you know I I seen all you guys headline and I, you know I'm not gonna say how you guys do it, but you guys get in a certain pocket at times where you just do a set, you know, an X set or a Y set, and it just you're you, you don't even use the the like the popping songs at the moment, like you guys really get in some pockets that is like. You know, I even did it, and Darren was there. He's like, "Yo, you didn't even touch the new songs, and you you've been on for an hour and a half." Are we talking about this one night at Commonwealth. As still, a, as a popping night. Still, do you still talk about <laughs> it? Monumental day. <laughs> this, Jesus Christ! This <laughs> monumental night. Yeah, trust the Commonwealth. But holy shit! Yeah, that but, was like a year ago. <laughs> no, that was not a year ago. But anyway, it was like ten months ago. Eleven, <laughs> eleven months and three weeks and, and four days, but. Nah, but that's what I'm saying. Like he'll be telling that story to his grandkids. I know, right? That was my first night I didn't in Vegas. Play no hits for an hour. Headliner playing no hits. No, but I no, do. but that's what you're saying right now. When you when you play from beginning to end, or what, when did you start your night? That night I started like at twelve. Twelve. I ended at two thirty. All right, you ended at two thirty. But when you do something like that, where you create an energy playing other songs than bangers, right? Yeah. Uh. It's the greatest feeling because you have so much ammunition. You're like, damn, I got like a fully loaded clip for the end of the night. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's a great it's a great achievement to do that, man. So I like I said, I agree with his uh I agree and disagree with his uh 
with his tweet, but you know, I get where he's coming from. I agree one hundred percent with his with his tweet. I just think I, I didn't think of it from Darren's perspective where you said he might have been the opener that night. He might have opened and played something and got approached. Yeah. And and that I think that's not the right response for that. Yeah. And I could be dead wrong with my thinking of why he did that, but that just to me that seems like maybe his psyche at the moment, especially if he was drunk, he might have been a little tight and then he like called like, you know what? Like fuck this. Like and then he might run off on a rant real quick and then obviously comes to he's like sober the next day and he's like, he's damn, like, I had a little too much to drink. I mean, is it fair to bring up the response that he got from Ross? Uh, yeah, no, because I I'm in a group chat with Rock Khan and Ross One, mm-hmm. which is a, the most cynical group <laughs> chat in the world. But and I, I sent him that screenshot because we were talking about it in our group chat, right? Yeah. Um, and then, uh, what do you call it? I think Ross is really, Rock the Con said, eh, I, I agree with him. Like, it doesn't matter and shit, blah, 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 blah. Like, yeah, like a headliner should be able to pick up the pieces no matter what, you know? Yeah. But uh, Ross One definitely believes in the curation of the night. And he just th- and he thinks an opener should do their job. Yeah. And their job is one task, and that's to set up for the headliner. Yeah. And in because Ross One, when he opens, he does that exact same thing. He doesn't put ego in it. He doesn't put anything in it except I'm gonna do my job. And he's just very much. Can I read? Yeah, yeah, he, go uh, do it. So this is from Ross One in reply in uh, response to Jay Spinoza. He said, "This isn't something you'd say if you learned to open in New York City in the early '90s. I'm sorry, in the mid '90s, early 2000s. Take some pride in your early set." It can be the most fun set of the night because you don't have to play all of the bangers. Just create a vibe and get the room bubbling. The night should have the flow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think yeah. I like that one, but I also like the uh, – I think Jay responded to that. To that. Uh-huh. He said, I totally agree, Ross, but today there's so many DJs getting booked who don't even know enough music, both headliners and openers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then Ross one says, I agree, becoming a lost art, definitely. I always feel super appreciative to a gr- uh, to get a good opener. Makes whole night better. And when I open for others, I take a lot of pride in building the room. Plus, you can really talk shit about a headliner if you set them up perfectly and they still suck. Yeah. Um, I agree. I mean, I've, I've, we've been in situations where I've, I've talked with Neva where we've opened for some, some people. Mm-hmm. And they're headlining, and then they they start like their headlining set with like an opening set, and we're like, "Yo, we just played all of this. <laughs> Why are you playing yeah. all this old shit?" Yeah. But then again, I mean, does that mean a headliner has to play new shit? You know, so it's, it's this whole thing of what is right and what is wrong. There's yeah. no real right way to say it. I w- I would say, look, like if someone's opening for me. And they throw in a couple new songs, like you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I'm not gonna like really get on it that much. Mm-hmm. But if and if like you know, I just I just think it's a weird time right now. I think there's so many DJs out there. Yeah. I think everyone's in survival mode. I mean, yeah. for for you know openers, I mean? uh, opener defense. Um, sometimes the headliner comes in late. Yeah, and, and you gotta play hits. You gotta play a hit to keep the crowd. Yeah, going. Yeah. I agree with that. So that's the only time I've. Think a headliner, uh, opener could play like the big hits. I think if a headliner comes late or like tells the opener like, "Yeah, I'm gonna get on like, like twenty more minutes, fifteen more minutes." Yeah, 
I think you have every right to burn us. So do you, yeah. <laughs> you get you, you get exactly. uh, I think you get uh one hit every fifteen minutes, you're late. I think it doesn't hurt for the opener to do some homework. Like uh I've had guys hit me up like, Hey, I'm opening up for this guy at this venue. I know you've opened for him before, like how should I go about it? And I'll be straight up and be like, Hey, like I know he might start off um playing a little bit older. So that might give you some free range to play some new stuff mm-hmm. between eleven and eleven thirty or eleven thirty and twelve. And then, you know, kind of like curate your set that way. And that's yeah. that's just mm-hmm. from experience of opening from for people that you've opened in the past. You kind of like get a feel and you kind of like know how they go about their set. But if it is a first time thing and you have no clue, then, yeah, like for me, if I've never played with someone, I give them the ultimate respect and not play any bangers. But if I know it's someone that I've played with for a few times and I have an idea of how they're going to start the night, then I can go about it a different way. So it doesn't hurt to do some homework sometimes, right? Like it's okay to like understand and pay attention to how those headliners play. I mean, so that's, you, that's extremely again. thoughtful though yeah. to like work your opening set and curate it for the headliner. Yeah. I think that's extremely thoughtful. Like that shows a lot of thought and care. Yeah. But again, and, it's like back, going back to the teamwork thing. Yeah. yeah. It is a teamwork thing. Like, yo, you got to have respect for each other. I don't think I've ever gone into a room, whether it be a headliner or opener where I didn't like, be like, yo, I want you to do your best and I like I respect the fact yo, like if you open in and I come in and I'm like, yo, you want a drink? Yo, you want something? You know, like, oh, no, I'm good, you know? Same mm-hmm. Yeah, I do, do the exact same thing. It's vice versa. Like if yeah, it's man. if if I could, look, if someone came from out of town, I would get them a drink. Cause it's like, yo, this ain't your city. Yeah. This mm-hmm. isn't you've never been to this club. Uh-huh. You don't know who to ask for a drink, so I'm gonna try to get you all set up. Right. You know what I mean? Like that those little things like go a long way go a long way because like yo when you some motherfuckers come in they're nervous they want to drink they want to like calm their nerves yeah they also don't want to be like dead i've been to yo i've been to i've gone to gigs and i've been out of like out of town gigs and i'll get there and they just treat you like shit yeah where they don't get you a drink they don't do nothing they don't no one comes and talks to you the the opener and closer like Treat you like shit, and then you just kind of like, yo, that affects how you DJ in the room. Like, yeah. I mean, going back to Nevis, you know, situation. He was out of towner. He got treated like shit, and stuff like that. I mean, but that's beautiful that the dude got snuffed in the club. Oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> I wish he had a video of that. That would be amazing. That's, I mean, that's. that's if he would have like an ice pack in his eye behind you, would have been fucking great. <laughs> I wanted to say something about what you were saying. Oh, about yo. Also, another thing, man. Like. Go out and listen to other openers. Yeah. 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 Like, yo, like, listen to other openers. Like, and me and Ross were talking in the group chat, and he's like, yo, I don't know why all of these DJs don't go and listen to, like, like, Darren, like, D, you, like, yo, you're one of the most phenomenal openers I've ever had. And that, and that's a testament to your musical knowledge mm-hmm. and your experience because I don't think I've ever heard a repeat set from you. I've never heard, like, an opening set where I've, like, Yo, I've heard that before. Yeah. Like, it's always been different. And I think, like, like if I ever had to, like, I'm pretty rusty with opening. Uh-huh. But if I had to open again, I would go and listen to you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I would go and listen to Never. There's some some dudes that I would go listen to just because I'm like, yo, like, these dudes got a musical knowledge. And they know exactly, like, what's the updated opening set for a nightclub right now. Because yeah. it could mm-hmm. change, like... 
five, ten years ago, opening set would be like fucking, you know, one twelve or some shit, you know. But and, yeah. and it just it just changes, every, you know, as as the music changes. You feel yeah. me? But yeah, uh, you know, I mean, I think in the end, yo, you just gotta understand, like. I just think there's like that brotherhood of DJs that's missing. It's a fraternity. Yeah, yeah. Like, yo, we we are like a fraternity. Like, you know, like. But I also feel like some openers they don't have a, a, a um, knowledge of music. And it, and this is exactly what is the problem. Mm-hmm. The problem is some people are not going into DJing for the love of music and playing nah, music. No. And that's the one thing. Ten, twenty years ago, and what Ross brings up in the '90s and early 2000s. Is that we all became DJs because we were nerds of music. It wasn't like a money motivated thing yeah, because yeah. we but, weren't making money. You know what I but, mean? But like, not only that, like in the late nineties, um, early two thousands, we didn't have openers. We DJed the whole, the night. whole night, the whole yeah. night from ten to four, sometimes yeah. five. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No such thing as a fucking. I honestly opener. think, yo, the West Coast, you do not need a fucking opener. Yeah, you don't need an Some, opener. Club a opens at ten thirty. And it, and, it, and it closes at one thirty. Maybe you need like a 10, 30, 11, 30 kind of buffer. Nah, you don't. I don't you think don't. so, man. You don't, bro. You open at 11. The DJ plays from 11, 12, closes at one thirty two. Like, it's a wrap. Yeah. You're not. It's it's the worst boot camp for a DJ on the West Coast. I like all of you Cali DJs. Like, I'm going to tell you one thing. Or all, not Cali DJs. But all you West Coast DJs or any DJ that DJs anywhere and like... Last call is one thirty, and the club closes at 2. Go to other cities. Like, you have to go to other cities where clubs close at 4 a.m. and listen to those DJs. I think just go to Vegas. Come to Vegas. No, no, no. You got to go to New York and Miami. Miami has an, oh, my God. Miami is a, a slew of dope DJs. Yeah. New York has a slew of dope DJs. And I'm, and I'm talking like. Even D.C. has a good Dude, DJ. It, yeah. that boot camp. I'm telling you, that boot camp. I'm like, yo. If look, if I'm if I'm at a club, right? Let's say I'm like I'm I'm a resident at a local cl- a bar or a lounge, and they happen to have an opener, dude. Take the early shift, get make a little extra money. Yeah, I'm not saying like you know take money from the opener, but you're like yo, if it's gonna make you a better DJ, open and close for yourself and headline for yourself. Do the whole night, do that boot camp shit because you're gonna become a better DJ no matter what. Man. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna start understanding how a night should flow. You know, like. It's just one of those things that's like it's it's so important, yo. Like, you you don't want to be that West Coast or like that that DJ that like look. I don't want to make this like an East Coast West Coast thing. It's not about that. The it's, war. A, it's about like the time frame. You know what I mean? You yeah. don't want to be that DJ that's seasoned and only only that can only shine in in a room that closes at two a.m. Because when you do that New York gig or you do that Miami gig or you do that Las Vegas gig. You're gonna be missing an hour of music, yeah. And that hour is gonna be the longest fucking hour of your life. <laughs> and you can ask me and Neva, even D, the experiences we've seen with certain DJs that came in to do a Vegas set and lose their whole residency because they weren't ready. They yeah. weren't ready for that last hour, yo. Mm-hmm. They blew their load in the first 45, 30 minutes, yeah. And then pause, <laughs> pause. And then later in the night, they had nothing, yeah. Yep. And then the fucking management executive emails come out right when it's happening. Yeah. What the fuck's going on with this DJ? What is he playing? Blah, 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 blah. Like, you got to be ready for that shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not fucking easy. And 
I, I'm telling you, if you have some money saved or if you want to, yo, listen, go listen to these motherfuckers or train yourself, man. Do these lounges for like four hours. Like, just, yeah. Yeah, just what, do those joints, yo. I mean, you guys laughed at me about my house parties, but that was my boot camp from 10 to whenever the cops showed up. Sometimes yeah. it was till 5, it was till 4, but you, I learned those pockets. I learned That's that not music. a boot camp, man. <laughs> That's my boot That's camp. not a boot camp. That's not. Like yo, you gotta. I'm talking like you gotta DJ five years like that, bro. Oh no, that's a long boot camp. No, I'm saying like I went that's to a summer they, camp. <laughs> yo, can you imagine what me and uh, like the dudes that came up in the early 2000s, but and also, even the 90s, like yo, like we used to have to do 10 to four. Yeah, I'm just saying. That, but that, that's, six hours. Yeah. Also, cricket. That's for like four sometimes or five till five. Sometimes until five o'clock. Ten I, to five. I and I appreciate you guys doing that, but different times too. What does that mean? Yeah. Like you can't compare the rappers what they had to do back in the early nineties and late nineties to the rappers they do now. Two di- it's two different Yes, yes and no. In the sense that I remember an interview with Nas and he said that he the way he works a crowd is no different from how we work a crowd mm-hmm. because he's had that experiences from doing like bars and lounges when he was nineteen, a crowd of like twenty people. If you can hold that twenty people's attention you can hold two thousand people's attention. You know what I mean? No, so, I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm saying like the work that was put in back in those times with those rappers to the work that's now. Yeah. I mean, Takashi Six Nine did not work a radio record. Right, but he'll probably struggle if he had to do a live. Performance yeah, so that's what I'm, that's hour. what I'm saying. It's, it's two different times. You're like you're telling me, yo, how to do ten to four? I, I, yo, more praises to you. But now you're in this time era where that's not needed. So a lot of people are gonna look at you like. You know, yeah, they're gonna call you old in a way, but it's just I appreciate that because I actually love the 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 art of DJ. <clears throat> a lot of people are not like you said it. Not a lot of people are in it for the music. A lot of people are for the fucking money. So they're gonna laugh at you. Oh, I don't give a fuck. I only got a concentration two two and a half hours. There's no art to. I can play all the bangers. People get in. Like I, some kid today told me, I want to become a DJ because they get paid what I get paid in a month, but they do yeah. it in the night. And he's like, oh, just give me two months and I'll be ready. I'm like, dude, there's so much shit that goes into this. You gotta learn music. You gotta learn how to. You didn't, you know, count music, count bars, so work the mic, all that shit. Exactly what you're telling me is that I, yeah, I do. I'm sounding old because I'm like, yo, we had to go through this. Yeah, and yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I understand that. But I'm telling you our experience. No, yeah. and I'm saying that in relative time now, it's important to have that boot camp. Or those, and to add those hours to your set so you're ready. Yeah, yeah. It's not, I'm not trying to tell y'all y'all got to do what I did. I'm trying to say no. y'all got to be ready if you're not in that situation. Because if you want to do a big room in Miami, New York, or Vegas, yeah, you gotta have that extra hour ready. And not only that, you need like another extra hour. You just gotta yeah. be prepared for four hours. Because just because you have a two hour set that's fixed doesn't mean it's gonna work in the club. Yo, have half a playlist. An hour, half an hour of that set is gonna yeah. might work, and then you got another hour half of trash. You literally need a good six hour prime time set. That's when you guys told me, "How do you guys have it?" Oh, and this goes great to one of the questions we got asked. You know, you put all your shit in one folder. I'm like, yeah, because I know what goes where. But that's with times that I've sat in DJ for a long time that I know this goes with this, this goes with that. Da, that da, doesn't da, da. make any sense either, though. And the problem with this it is works that for Jay, me. it works for you now because you're only doing one type of room. Yeah. Okay, so I'm saying is that in your experience, that's not going to help. 
And I'm, what I'm trying to tell you is that you're not going to... Look, all you young DJs, you guys can say whatever the fuck right now. But a DJ in his prime will always be in his early to mid-30s. Mm-hmm. I don't care who the fuck you are or how much you can scratch or how ill you are. To control a room and really fuck up a room and like really know how to control a crowd... A DJ that I've seen is always at his prime in early 30s to mid 30s, and it has to do with experience of just doing the sets, going and be like, damn, I fucked that up. I did this right, or I did that. Learning music as you go. Like, yo, you don't have that musical knowledge and experience in two, three years. That shit takes like five to seven years, yo. More probably. It takes years, yeah. Yeah, it yeah, takes yeah. more than that. And, and, and then the thing is, is that, yo, like, you're gonna be your best. You're gonna be at your tip top best in your fucking thirties, and it's gonna you're gonna realize like, yo, I'm so fucking nasty right now. <laughs> like I can DJ in front of anybody in your early th- and I, you know, I had that shit in my early thirties where I was just like, yo, I'm fucking untouchable right now. <laughs> I could do eighties. I could do Motown. I could do classic R and B. I could do rock. I could do house. I could do anything, bro. Like I was on my Takashi Six Nine shit. In my early 30s. Stupid. You know what I mean? Nah, and I, and I, never, you can tell me if I'm wrong or right. No, you know what I'm saying? No, you're right. I, I yeah, can't even absolutely t- right. I yeah. can't even tell you that because, I mean, I when I moved out here, I was like, I thought I was mean with it. And you're like, you ain't there yet. And then I start hanging out with you. I'm like, damn, I'm not there yet. No, no, no. You're, you're, and it's like, you, even though I've been DJing for 10 years now, almost constantly, you're like, no, you're not there. And now I'm like, yeah, I'm not there. You'll be, you'll be there and maybe... You, you six always, years you always tell me in two to three years you gonna start being better than what you are now yeah i mean d i mean you, yeah. you explain you, you tell me your shit you're at that because you've been opening for for you know what a I, long time. i'm really like, grateful the fact that i wasn't a headliner early because of the work i put in as a, a opener like when i did get my shot i was ready you know what i mean like i remember i used to do towel lounge man i would start at 10 o'clock and back then, the lounge wouldn't close until the main room closed. So, mm-hmm. like, I would stay open at least till like, 4.30 or 5. So, that would be, like, six, seven hours of music from house to 80s to 90s to hip-hop, R&B, reggae, Latin, pop. I mean, literally pulling shit out of my ass for, like, hours and, and just seasoning like, me. And it'd be different times when it'd be popping, right? Yeah. Because it'd be, like... It'd be, like, a dinner wave that would come through popping. Uh-huh. Then they would all go to the nightclub. Right. And then either they feeling it or not, they might come back down. It's another wave. And then you might get a late push. Yeah. You know what I mean? People coming through late, like 2 o'clock, 2.30. Yeah. So all those different ways, you just had to like, and then I wouldn't repeat records. Yeah. So that mm-hmm. was just another thing to just try to like train myself to be better. Let's and, go through that wave yeah. that you just broke down because I find that really interesting. Mm-hmm. So the dinner, you got a dinner, like an after dinner wave, right? Yeah. You can't go straight into nah. into like it's, amped up shit. No. Yeah. Nah. You got to keep it sexy. Yeah. And then where does it go from there? After that dinner wave, then you got the wave of the people that are just chilling at the bar. So then it's like, okay, they starting to feel like the nightclub vibe. They, now they, I can They're getting their it. first drinks. Yeah. They're, they, they're just walking they're in. They're kind of feeling yeah. right? buzzed. Right. What do you play? Like what? When You always got to think of it from a, a, a patron or a, a customer. Consumer. Yeah. You walk in a club. What do you want to hear? Sexy. You know, what's going to make you comfortable? What's yeah. going to make you want to like, you know. Yeah. In the mood to just drink more and like, you know I mean, what I'm saying? Be yeah. in that space. Mm-hmm. And then after that, what happens? And then after that, you get like the club crowd, which right. is a little younger. Because mm-hmm. they, you know, y'all figure 21, 22 year olds, they're going to get there early. Especially if you're from out of town, you right. might think that you're not, you're not seasoned to be out till four in the morning if you're from out of town. Right. So you're going to come to the club early. 
mm-hmm. and you're going to probably tap out at like one. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of hit them like around 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock and get that crowd going and they're going to start drinking. And then you see the crowd rotate because you're going to have that first wave that's just tapped out. And then you're going to have like the older crowd that understands Vegas that they can come at 1230 and still have a full night to party. Yeah. So then the lounge would be sexy house early, like vocal house, real chill, some R&B, some 112. Around 1130, I might up the ante with some 90s hip hop. Some LL, some like different stuff, some naughty by nature. Cool this is shit. back then though. Yeah. yeah, cool shit. I mean, now we talking now. Like if I do an early set and I want to have it up tempo, I can do like a one kiss by like mm-hmm. Calvin Harris or like some like Rihanna or like some Latin and just keep it sexy like that. Or I can do like uh, I can still do like next or I D- can do like Bruno Mars. You saw the way that D broke down his crowd though. That shit is crazy. Like yeah. and and the, yeah. the thing is like yo as a DJ you gotta be able to break down that crowd like yo at this time these people come in these time and you know what I'm saying like yeah. that's so important yo yeah. and the fact that you're that aware I mean it's like obs- it's like you gotta observe the crowd in the room that you're in yeah and especially when you're a resident which is the best when you're a resident and you're there like two times a week or once a week and you just know the crowd. Mm-hmm. That's so important for you to know a crowd and to know how to curate the night. And it goes back to what we said earlier, curating the night. And controlling the room. And controlling the room, just knowing like that I don't have to play these hit songs. Like I can I can build it up to a certain point. You yeah, know what I'm yeah. saying? And and that's when you start understanding that shit, it's like, yo, the headliner, yeah. The headliner comes on, whether they suck or they're dope. You know, it just gives them more room to breathe, like where they could just play whatever the fuck they want. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, man. I mean, shit, yo. I remember. I remember having a residency out here at this spot. Um, it was like an alternative lifestyle spot. I don't want to call it like gay or lesbian or whatever, but that's where I learned house music. Hmm. Like a lot of like late '90s, early house music, I mm-hmm. learned from there, and I'm like utterly grateful because I didn't know shit about house music. All I knew was hip hop and reggae and Latin. So learning that helped me understand the value in house and how it affects people and how people move differently. It's just a feel good sound and I can do that early. Maybe not every venue because now times have changed, but I still have that in my bag if I need it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Where I can, I can hit certain house records and know I'm going to get a good reaction. I mean, I miss those, I miss those days. I sound old right now, but I miss those days <laughs> Back when, you, in the day. when you could just like jump around BPMs. Yeah, mm-hmm. where like it was expected to go from like ninety to hundred, one twenty, then then one twenty back to sixty, and then just do that rotation mm-hmm. over and over again and shit. Yeah. And then uh, I don't know. Now it's just a different cycle. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's it's definitely a different cycle, but well, it's not too many ninety ninety nine BPMs out now. Yeah. This is still a that. good amount. This is a good. Yeah. There's a couple, but not as many must, as it was mustard like back wave, in the days. A yeah. mustard wave was that should help a lot. It seems like everything that comes out now that is in that range just just works, right? For real. Even that that new Lil Wayne, the uh, uproar. Uproar. Oh, Have you been playing that? Yeah. 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 Played over the weekend. Did you it's hit good. the Did you hit the Harlem Shake? Never. Had to, you got to do, do what? <laughs> oh, man, I missed the Harlem Shake. Oh, Somebody needs to bring it back, man. Well, that's the whole song, right? Yeah. 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 Was it the special delivery? The special yeah. delivery. Sorry. Yeah. Not the did y'all Shake. hear the Carter Five? Yeah, yeah, some of it. Yeah, I gave it a six out of ten in the beginning. Then I sat with the with the album more, and now I'm at an eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. It's I'm pretty good. Seven out of ten. I was reading that some of them songs he did like five years ago. Yeah. No, well, the the album was supposed to set out. It was supposed to, yeah four years ago, mm-hmm. and it's twenty three tracks. 
and um, what uh, I heard Chance the Rapper say that people didn't digest it as a double album, and I didn't think about that either. I just took twenty three tracks, and I think it was supposed to be digested as a double album. So that's what when I went back and I listened to it, I was like, okay, I like it a little bit more. It just it's, you know it took me back to that when Tupac was releasing. I mean, I got it late, but when Tupac got double disc albums, you know, I took it. You know, I like this one more than this two. On this side, I kind of like this one more than this this two, because some of them feel like really outdated. So, they said that Travis Scott song was recorded like four years ago. Yeah, that was one of the best ones. I think the Kendrick song was was dated too. Yeah, because he's talking about like Kobe and he's been retired for what three years now. Yeah, (laughs) so it's like it's it's one of those things. It's just like yeah, he kind of outdated. But I mean, I I enjoyed it for what you were saying, Crooked. That uh, you weren't feeling the like crying rap. With Kendrick, well, he yeah. hates Kendrick regardless. On, Mo- on Mona Lisa, yeah, I don't hate Kendrick. You didn't, you didn't think he was interesting, Kendrick? Huh? You're not really fond of Kendrick. No, I mean, I think he's wildly talented. I just think he he needs to prove to us that he's like Miles Davis every time he raps. And sometimes I just want him to be that fucking kid from Compton, just like yeah. spitting fire. Uh, I feel like that song Mona Lisa is just fucking ill. Mm-hmm. Like with Lil Wayne talking about like just recruiting chicks to set up motherfuckers and rob them. That was crazy. It was a bananas. <laughs> and I just thought uh, Kendrick's part, it would have been more effective if he rapped it angry instead mm-hmm. of like... like Jolly? Like, no. Kind of like serenading it. Jolly. Like, like happy? He wasn't happy. He was crying. Like I, I think he should have been rapping it like, like bitch. You really so like you set me up. You like da 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 da. He could have played. Well, he did that, that shit like ba 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 ba. He kind of kill you, bitch. Like he should have been like that. He kind of used that tone with the crying voice. No, but it was the crying was just like yo, because like yo, in the end, you want to rap that shit, like with your boys, like. Yeah. Rap the lines and when he start crying, it's just like yo, man. We're all crying in the circle yeah, now. Like, what are you gonna cry and shit like? It just just took like the, I don't know, man. He was just overacting, man. Like I don't know how to explain it. Like yo, it's another thing where I was like, yo, what a great, uh, lyrical perform. Like what a great performance he did. Yeah, that was amazing. But it's like opera rap. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like that's a good. It's like something like if I saw like in a theater, like a theater like opera rap. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like I don't want to see that shit. Like. Like, I don't want to hear that shit on an actual record, record, you know what I mean? Especially that was a record. And at first it was way too long. Mm -hmm. Pause. (laughs) Uh, But that was a great record, and I just thought it was such a disappointment to have him just rap it like that, man. Uh, I just give Kendrick credit for not being afraid to try new things when it comes to that. Because it was something that we never heard from him, and it was different. And he was like, fuck it, I'm going to lay it down like this. I'm not going to be something that you've already heard from me. I'm gonna give you a different twist on this rap. Yeah, but good or bad, isn't it also like that? It's enough already. It's it, it's it's already enough that the lyrics are there. Yeah, and to like perform the, I don't know, man. That's I mean, like you're right. Look, you're right. He has every right to do that. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was it was detrimental to the song. But I, I haven't like, he- I haven't heard the album. I only heard it like. Literally, like, one quick time. Uh-huh. And then that Mona Lisa just bothered me so much. I heard it again. <laughs> and I heard it a third time. 
And I was just like, yeah, Kendrick just kind of fucking. I mean, there, there were some. Uh, he did a Miles Davis again. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I got to go back and listen to it. Huh? I got to go back and listen to it. Because I just like you, I, I just went through it, listened to it once. I really like the Travis Scott record. I actually got a chance to play it over the weekend for a crowd. And it, it didn't How was the reaction? Bad. It was, um, I think it's going to take some time, but I think it's going <laughs> to, it wasn't like a, wild, like, a, like a wow factor, but it's a good song to play. I heard that I heard that Travis Scott, and to be completely honest, it just sounded like another Travis Scott song. It sounded like a Travis Scott song, not a little like Wayne a throw, song. Throw away from his album, huh? Like a throwaway song from his album. It just sounds. It just has a typical Travis Scott sound. It sounded yeah. redundant to me, but I like I said, I skimmed through and I'm like, uh, nothing. There's no distinct melodies in here. I don't really hear anything. I didn't really take the time to like listen to Little Wayne's lyrics. Yeah, but I can instantly hear it. And I'm like, if that makes it to the club. It'll be for other reasons than the fact that it's banging. <laughs> yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Another album that came out that weekend was uh actually real quick, Kevin Gates album is pretty good, but it's not for the club, but it's good. Uh but the Logic album came out, guys, that weekend as well, and that was amazing to me. Yeah. You know what I actually like the you hate the song. Yeah, the, the Wu Tang. The Wu Tang. It was yeah, great. That was the reason it wasn't on. that bad, man. No, hold on, hold on. <laughs> let me let me give him a it wasn't backstory. That good. The reason why you pointed out that it sounded like RZA was it RZA did his verse in a, a prison telephone or whatever you said. Logic later on said, "Yeah, I, I wanted that sound. I wanted that grimy because he the thirty six chambers grimy sound like that sounds." Uh, we don't believe this, you. We need more people. I don't believe that. I think so. I think it's a horribly mixed song. No, I, th- I think it, I think it was, it I was, think the beat is like horrible. Damn, man! But he went after the boom bash <laughs> shit. I think it. I think if you collected the whole Wu Tang Clan, it should have it should have been like a better track. I mean, yeah. I and it, it. should have flowed better. Logic's verse is kind of whack too, man. But okay, when we talk about Wu Tang, yeah, Clan, does I mean, Wu Tang like, ever flow been, better like that? Dude, no, like, Logic. Logic had a fucking awful verse. I actually, you just be. I don't know. I like. I, I liked it. I was. Yeah, it was yeah, good. You have every right to like it, and I can have every right <laughs> yeah, to say exactly. Yeah, I know. I yeah. thought it was. I thought it was like clickbait. Like, yo, I got the whole Wu Tang uh, no, shit here, and then I'm like, yo, this shit is horrible. Yeah. You don't know. I don't know if you know Logic's background, but he was on that like lyrical shit for a long time. Then he was yeah, not very is. lyrical on that song. I mean, are you first, are you familiar with any of his shit? Yeah, the first few lines off of that shit was the most. He just talked about. Are the, you familiar with his old mixtapes? I don't need to be. I'm talking about the song. No, but I'm talking. I'm talking to you. Like, do you do you know what Young Sinatra is? Because that's the name of the album. No, you don't know that. So you have to go back and listen to three other mixtapes. I really don't have to do anything in order for you. I, to I'm understand. just talking about the Wu Tang song. <laughs> no. So yeah, I don't no, really have to, to go back for you to understand. I don't need to understand the fact that the beat was whatever, and then the way. What the, do you? The okay, song what kind going. of beat do you? His opening Wu-Tang? lines. I'll re- let's go with his lyrics in the opening lines. It was the most whack generic shit I've ever read. Okay, go. It was right. like it yeah. was like my first Wu Tang, like song that it was horrible. Okay, go. I have to go find it. Well, you you're the one proposing. To no, you're the over. one that wants to. That's you talking about. I need to go research this motherfucker y- now. You should because I'm talking about one song that was bad. Would you be upset if I'm giving you a review off of Nas off of one song? Huh? Would you be upset if I'm telling you? Oh, I like Logic's other songs. I like his other songs. I think he spit way better on other songs. Yeah, I think it was trash. What what 
from his opening. So you like, don't think he was lines. just trying to respect Wu Tang? He didn't want to um, out rap them. What was the point of the song? What was the focus of the song? He's rapping with Wu Tang. That's what I just said. It's clickbait. I'm rapping with Wu Tang. But he grew but up on that. What was the song about? It was about rapping with Wu Tang. And that's what I saw. I saw, I heard a fan rapping with Wu Tang. And he sounded like a fucking fan. But it wasn't like the song was about anything. To each his own, man. <laughs> Am I wrong? I didn't get a chance. That's to what hear I'm saying. Song. You just you just explained it. His first lines are about rapping with Wu Tang. It's not like there's a focus to the song and then Wu Tang just rhymes whatever the fuck on the song. But was there <laughs> Am I wrong? I'm talking about making a good song here. I have Wu Tang coming. Okay, what do you I'm expect from Wu Tang in a song? With all of them in it. If it's gonna be braggadocious talk shit shit, let's get a dope beat. First of all, what kind of okay? But, but, but who's produced, been Wu Tang since '93? Who's who's producing that dope beat now? <laughs> From no, Wu Tang, I'm, I'm talking. Okay, about, tell, no, I'm asking you, what who would you want producing that beat now? Huh? Who would you be like, yo? I need the Wu, like, the whole Wu here. Let's call so and so. First of all, Jamie, producing. Jamie. First of all, I don't think the song is that good. You don't have to be defensive about it. I don't. I'm not saying you're. You're no. Uh, I'm playing devil's advocate for it. Huh? I'm playing devil's advocate. No, you guys like genuinely like the song. Yeah. And I'm just saying I don't get it. But to each his own. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't have his shit queued up in my it's probably in your phone, right? It is. I'm not gonna fuck I'm not I didn't like download that shit. <laughs> just listen to it. Uh no, my my only question is what do you, you you telling me, okay, the production was bad. Who would you call to produce that beat? Who would I call to produce that beat? Now, yes. Who are you calling now to Who? produce a, a song with all of fucking Wu-Tang well, and for, Logic? Well, fam, first of all, th- there's a whole bunch of shit that comes into play. Does Reza want to do it? Who was the dude that did the last Wu-Tang album that Reza like, okayed, co-signed from? Okay, no. Kirk, what was it Mathematics? It was Mathematics, right? Yeah. I don't know if like they were like, yo, we'll be on your song, but Mathematics got to make the beat. Okay, let's, yeah. let's throw all that away. Let's just say they're all in it for went to win. Wu Tang forever, who rhyme better, clever. What, what is that? <laughs> what is that? I wasn't mad at that beat. Yeah, that I'm about to say, you don't yeah, like the you. beat. I thought the beat was fucking whack. That was basic, huh? Like I said, I it was like a like a. It was just like a it throwaway like Wu Tang. Yeah, I'm about to say that. Why does it have to sound like that? Because he's Wu Tang is one that's no, no, no. It's, I don't. I'm my, see. My thinking is just like maybe I, he's trying to like show the, his fans. Who Wu Tang on? He's what educating like. people. Yeah, <laughs> these are like all oh, like what ifs, what ifs, what ifs. It doesn't good, good, like I don't like yo. There are better older. There's better beats out there. That's all I gotta say. It just I sounds see. generic. It just sounds like really like like a throwaway Wu Tang song that didn't even make it to an album. Who rhymed better, clever? That Wu Tang forever. What do you say? Clever? I don't. This shit is horrible, yo. <laughs> okay. Am I wrong? Yeah. I don't <laughs> think you just said to you're wrong. Own, in, my, in my book, you're wrong. I'm not wrong that that's a generic rap right there. Oh my God, you cannot defeat my Wu-Tang. 
I mean, what do you ex- horrible, what bro. do you what do you expect though? I don't. I I think. Tell me, what do you expect? I want to know what your expectations is something like that. That's I'm, my question. I don't know something better. Okay, what? Give me, give me. If you show me this is not happening, tell me what is happening. Like, what is, what's gonna be like? Um, you know what? That's so here, here's here's the thing. You're giving me thirty seconds to think of how I would make a Wu Tang and Logic song better. I'm not giving you thirty seconds because you had that statement two weeks ago. Yeah, I but I didn't like. Know you're kind. You're kind of quick to tell me what's better right away. What? That's so vague though. It's not. It's just you trying to make me like. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I just want something better. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, what do you say about the dated Little Wayne songs? What have you? Have, what would you have done? You would have omitted the songs, maybe. There's so many options. There's so many things you could have done. But I think it could have been done better. I think there's. It just could have been a better song. I think it was like, yo, I got. It was bragging rights. Yo, I got a song with Wu Tang. Mm-hmm. And then all the old heads are gonna be like, yo, that sound like OG old school Wu Tang. Doesn't mean it was a good song. Yeah. Like if you heard that shit ten years ago, twenty years ago, would that have been a single? Eh, I don't think so. Compared to like Glaciers of Ice and all this other shit that fucking came out with it. <laughs> I don't know. For me, it's just generic. That beat was generic. That was the most generic nineties. Who like, produced that shit? That's what I was gonna look up right now. It doesn't matter who made it. I, it I'm was just generic. curious who produced it. Because it sounded like a visit beat. It probably was or mathematics. No, it was uh, it was uh, Logic's producer six. Mm. So he tried to recreate the Wu Tang sound. Yeah, he tried to do that. He didn't do it. I mean, he did it, but it wasn't done yeah. well. I do admit, it sounds like some old '90s shit, but I'm not. I don't. I wasn't feeling it. I don't know what I would have done. I'm not a fucking uh, Logic. But I don't work with Logic or whatever the fuck. I yeah. think Logic raps. He's He's really dope. I've I've heard songs and his producers actually makes his producer that he works with makes dope ass shit. Six. He makes fucking ill ass shit. So for me to hear that, I'm just like, yo, this is just like it's clickbait to me. Yeah. It's just like, yo, let's let me amp this shit up. And he did amp it up. He said, Yo, how many motherfuckers got the whole Wu Tang on their album? Not a lot and, of people haven't. Huh? Not a lot of people. Not a lot of like, not a lot of people had no, that. No. So it's braggadocious. It is braggadocious, and I think that was the point. To the fact that it was going to be a good song or well-executed song, it's kind of secondary in, in, in the end of it all. I don't know, but I like the album a lot. That's, that's good. Nine out of ten in my book. <laughs> Nine out of ten. That's crazy to me. But I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see it. I don't see yeah. it. I mean, nine out of ten, that's a high rating. What would you fucking rate? Like, like who's, what's the song of the year right now? Anything by Drake? Song of the year. Yeah. Um, I mean, even Lil Wayne had a f- have a five year old album, yo. Like that's some of that shit sounded dated, but like, yo, that was pretty bad to me. And his lyrics were horrible. That first two lines was horrible. Song of the year gotta be nice for what, man? Huh? Song of the year might have to be nice for what? Nice for what? The God's plan. Both of those up there, but the I would say nice for what right now? Yeah, the longevity, yeah. nice for what? But it's a little newer. And True. the samples kind of like timeless. That Lauren Hill samples like they. I can I can do without God's plan in a set now, but regardless, that Wu Tang yeah. song sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, I know you're a big Logic fan, so I'm not shitting on. No, Logic. I mean you have. It's not for you. Did he, what mean, did he perform yeah. at Marquee? Did he how many uh, songs did he do? About good seven. Yeah, oh, that's a good set. Yeah, good seven. He's, he's, I was he's, upset. He's because probably a dope performer, though. The things he, sh- if I was in his team, the songs I would have picked would have been way different. 
Yeah. He went with some lyrical shit in the beginning. I was like, no, don't do that. Yeah. How was the crowd reaction? Was I mean, the kid, the kid, I mean, the younger kids were like in the front of the crowd. I mean, you have your typical, I'm going to stand in the front of the stage for the whole night. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it was, I, I think they had fun, whatever, but the performance was good. Of, of course, the bottle poppers around were just like, who the fuck is this? So 35 minutes was kind of cool. Was it packed? Uh, not as packed as I've seen it before. Like, yeah. Travis Scott was fucking up the yin-yang. And this one was just, eh, it was cool. Yeah. I don't know if... Uh, what, is mean, the, what is the age bracket of Logic's fan base? I mean, I want to say... why hasn't he had a song, like, crossover besides the Suicide song? I don't think he's after that. He has a cult following. When you have a cult following, you don't have to go after that. Mm-hmm. Chance the Rapper has a cult following. He didn't really have to go after after, like, four years when he was on that Ultra Light Beam song. Uh, J. Cole, same range. Wale, kind of the same range. They have cult followings. You don't need... They're still going to sell out. I got a question. When you have cult followings like that, do you end up achieving greatness? Does it take longer? I mean, J. Cole is not that far from that. J. Cole was in the talks with Drake in the beginning, but then kind of Drake just rocket shipped the fuck out of there. And then... You know, but it's well, also because that Cole has been inconsistent with his quality of albums. I, I think Cole has had commercial success, not as big as Drake. I think about oh, somebody like has like Cole maybe had like commercial success. I, don't I, think, he has. I think he's got he's had oh, some definitely yeah. yeah with what like um all I know is that his no role models was a big radio song yeah but it's it, you know it's not a classic the like Drake song you know what I'm saying yeah. but. Again, I don't think that was a commercial I mean, success. Crooked Mile, oh, Crooked Smile. Crooked yeah. Smile was yeah. that was a crossover radio record. Obviously, workout, um, workout. Um, nobody's again, perfect. These are all reaches to me. Yeah, it's. I mean, again, it's not Drake. Uh, and I and I actually like J Cole a lot, but I would say, I, I mean, think that that extra, like, get out of my shell shit. Yeah, like mm-hmm. to get out of your shell mm. and not sell out, but like, yo. I got to take it to another level to reach this this audience. Mm-hmm. I think that takes a little something more. All right. I don't think he want to do that. No, but I'm saying you you artists are able to do that are not are are able to stay in their own shell now mm-hmm. because of cult followings and because of because of social media. But I mean, Jay, I can see, I I agree with you with that because I remember J Cole not having the big commercial success like a Drake. But on his first album, the first day, he sold 150,000 copies. Mm-hmm. Physical, not just streams. And that, to me, I was like, holy shit, what is he going to do in a week? And I think he ended up in the week, like, close to three to 400, but... You're talking about KOD? No, I'm talking about Sideline Story, the first one, mm-hmm. that which was physical copies, which that was... I was like, damn, this following, you know, that I remember being a part of when there was no real, like... You know, there was not a big following. It was like a hundred thousand fans at that point. Where you feel like, oh, you know, J Cole, like you felt cool. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they showed out that fucking first what week. For the original first question was, can you have commercial. huge success, commercial success, with it just a co-following? Well, I, I mean, no. Uh, can you achieve greatness? Yeah, greatness. Yeah. I mean, J Cole did it, in my opinion. I mean, I look at like people like E Forty. I th- no, I think J Cole. Like, has Tech Nine too short? You know what I mean, Tech, Tech Nine, Nine has like a crazy dude. Tech Nine, he's been independent and he's been on for tour like for 20, forever, 15, 20 years, and he sells out. And he makes. I don't money. know if he's achieved greatness, 
but he's maintained his stance in being an independent artist and he's been successful at it and put mm-hmm. on other people and so has E40. I mean, Look at people like that. The thing is this, man. It, everyone's like, yo, I don't want to sell out. I don't want to be a pop star. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I, it's also a cop out to be like, yo, that, that takes a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to do that shit. I don't want to get out. I don't want to change. Like, I don't want to come out of my box to mm-hmm. do that. Yeah. You I, feel I, me? But I mean, you know, and contrary to that, I think it takes a lot to build that little box. That cult following is a lot. Um, it is a lot. You can't. You can't. Little Wayne had a cult following before the Carter Three. What do you mean? It's a lot. You have to build that. You have to touch people. They're gonna ride for you no matter what you put out. That they're gonna go buy your shit no matter what. Like not even going that far ahead. Uh, Chance the Rapper was on the Joe Budden podcast, and he said that he made six million dollars in one year off of that three hat. That's a cult following. That took time for him to build to that. You don't just sell six million dollars worth of fucking hats mm-hmm. in one year. Chance the Rapper had a cult following before he was on Ultra Light Beam on the life of Pablo. I mean, what are we talking about here? You're talking about a guy who builds a cult following from his music and he sold six million dollars of hats. And I can't play one of his songs. But you know, we're talking- I can barely play one of his songs, <laughs> one whole verse of his song in a club. Yeah. I mean And then you got someone like Drake where I could play six to eight songs a night. No, I'm talking about you talking about the work. I'm talking about it takes work to build that cold following too. It's not easy. I'm not shitting on that. I'm saying I'm just saying that that I, I miss those good pop songs. And I think yeah. you don't reach that level of greatness because you're not going out of your box or your circle. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Mm-hmm. Like a working bit. with a Quincy Jones, Michael Jackson. I mean, I finally saw that documentary. Fuck you know what I'm saying? I haven't mm-hmm. seen it yet. But like, yo, my, my thing is that you have to go out the box to get the best and the best and the best and work with the best and learn from them mm-hmm. and 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 be open to your um, and to be open to your weaknesses and to make your weaknesses stronger. Yeah, I agree. But but these dudes, these new dudes, they stay in their pocket. They build this following, and they almost have this literal like uh, this thing where like, yo, no matter what I do, they still gonna have my back. So I could just, yeah. I'm just gonna drop this. I think it's like, and we, I oh, sorry to cut you off again. And I saw that happen with that J Cole. Um, For your eyes only. I saw that happen. He took advantage of that. No, but he said it. I know that, but it doesn't matter. I, that to me was a disappointment. I was like. I understand your message. I understand the reasoning behind it, and I know every J Cole stand is gonna is gonna push that message on, and I think it's a strong fucking message. But uh, I think it's it it's like you know what I mean. It's like a it's just like yo know, like it's I mean just like that a, message meant a lot to him. So if he had if he felt that he was at his peak, then nobody else was in there. Mm-hmm. There does not be another moment to spread that message. Then oh you know. Like, but how effective is that message when it only reaches a certain amount of people that were already existed? It didn't expand and go out. And the only thing that did expand, or that was the only song that everyone knew, was the one that was about Kanye. <laughs> that was not even on the album. Exactly. Yeah. Do you understand a- what I'm saying? Like, it, it to me, it's just like the Wu Tang shit. I'm gonna have all of Wu Tang on the song, but it's gonna be unplayable, and no one's really gonna like. You know, it'll be only listenable to certain people, and the guys that'll hear it be like, "All right, that sounds like Wu Tang," but it'll fade away ultimately. 
It doesn't create, it doesn't reach greatness. It wasn't, it wasn't taken to a point where like, yo, let's work on the song and make this dope. This isn't hitting right. I'm going to call this dude to help produce or add this and add that. I mean, yeah. like songs back then in the day were like put together. Just fucking what? How many rappers on that shit? Eight? I mean, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was like that, ten. I didn't even listen to the whole song, but that beat stays the same throughout the whole all rappers. It was like seven song, seven uh, minutes. Seven minutes, and this beat doesn't change. It doesn't yeah. elevate. It doesn't anything. Look, as annoyed as I am of sicko mode, right? With Travis, Travis Scott and how they cut off uh, Drake's opening uh, part. Beat? Yeah, mm-hmm. it was. I thought it was like actual risk of like, yo, let's try this shit. Let's have the songs change. And they they took they they made an effort to change some shit, and it, it was fucking bananas. Yeah, well, a song that's structured like that shouldn't work, and it works. And for me, when you have a whole Wu Tang and shit like that, like yo, you, y'all didn't put hardly any effort in this shit, and then y'all y'all just pushed it out like yo, like yo, I got Wu Tang on my shit. What's up? And it's yeah. like, well, that's how it sounded. I think um, what I was gonna say, like when you have a cold following, and what's kind of scary is that. At a certain point, when you have a co-following, they get older and they mature. So if you have a co-following and you're afraid to change, that crowd eventually is going to change and mature and they might not be on the same page as you anymore. Mm-hmm. So in order to keep them or keep them tight with you, sometimes it is okay to like step out of your box and just do new shit and grow with your audience, right? And grow with your fan base. You kind of have to evolve. But yeah. I, th- I think Cole has done that. I think yeah. he's done that. But I, what I will... And I think what he admits and he realizes now, like KOD was an, an amazing album. Mm. Well, I th- it was a, it was an amazing album. It's my second favorite. Uh, but I think he also realizes, like, yo, I got to work with other producers because it's like, yo, my sound is redundant. It's yeah. just like it's I need something else because he didn't produce Kevin's heart, right? No, no. That was was that the only one that he didn't produce? There was, was one more, right? He produced a few. Oh, that, sure. A few were yeah. not that he produced. Yeah, and the thing is, he sounded really good on. And this is this is the problem, man. This is what happens with a lot of people. It even happened with myself. When you when you're producing, and you're doing everything yourself, you lose perspective, and that's the most important thing when you're creating a song. And sometimes you need other talented people to put, you know, to bring perspective and to shape and mold the song to its most perfect form. Right. And you can't always do that yourself. Mm. And and that's the thing is that is is that we I don't think we've even heard J Cole at his best, yeah. and that's the crazy shit. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm saying is that J Cole could reach that Drake greatness without having to sell out or do any bullshit or have any ghostwriters. He just needs to step out the box and like take a risk and work with some but, of these producers. But say if he does that, don't you think? It, well, you think it might backfire or? I don't think it will because I think he's so in tune with his following, right? Mm. I think he's so in tune with his his listeners and I don't know what you call Cole stands. You know what I mean? I mean dream villains or whatever the fuck you want to call them. Oh, man, it, <laughs> it, it might work for him, though. I don't, I don't know. I'm thinking, I you know what? like Drake is like the Michael Jackson and, Dr- and J. Cole is like the Prince. Like Prince wrote. Nah, I wouldn't call J. Cole nah. Prince. No, but I'm just saying in the, in the sense of him like writing and nah. producing. Like Prince did all that. He well, played Prince was good at it, though. I mean... <laughs> I'm not saying J. Cole's bad, but Prince is... Well, in perspective, I think he's the Prince. Like, he writes, he produces, and he, he's he's the artist, just I mean, like Prince I, was. I get it. I but get Michael it, yeah. Jackson wrote, worked with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis and worked with others, you know what I mean? To but help he never did. It. Prince, Prince, yeah. Maybe that's a bad analogy, but that's I mean, Prince put I out a of. bunch of albums. Yeah. No, no, I, I, know, I know what you mean is, yeah. that, is that 
I know what you mean. I know what you're trying to say. And I don't think as much as albums he produced, I don't know if all of them were like super commercial hits and successes. You can tell me that. I feel like Prince, well, his albums got kind of whacked during the 90s. That's what I'm saying. Because he tried to use outside producers to help him out. Maybe He was trying to keep up with the times and it just didn't work. Yeah. So that's what Nevis kind of saying, like if J Cole shit might be sounding I mean, back. Even like look at Tribe Called Quest, they did their first three albums. Yeah, Q Tip did it, and then with the fourth one, they brought in Jay Dilla. Yeah, and that sound was never the same. Mm-hmm. Like I, after um, what was it? Midnight Marauders. Right, right. I wasn't feeling the last couple of albums. I mean, yeah. Love Movement was definitely a disappointment. Yeah, I think, I think there's a difference though. Because with Prince, right, mm-hmm. he he developed his sound. Yeah, I think with Quest, they definitely developed the sound. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is a J Cole sound? <laughs> it's it's kind of like it's not there isn't a sound. That's the problem. Is that he is an amazing rapper he's an amazing mm-hmm. writer he's an amazing lyricist he's an amazing performer storyteller yeah. too but he's yet to do you know what i'm saying like yo he's only getting old he's like 33 i don't know when he's but hit. yo he's gonna his but J- this is DJ how Prime sh- Prime but this is how strong of a writer and performer and lyricist he is is that his lyrics and his message and him as a person has gotten him this far i mean i've been because it's not his beats that's what I'm saying. It's like his music and his message is all based around the lyrics and him and who, himself. Mm-hmm. It's not like, yo, that shit is banging. Like Kanye's an asshole right now, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. we're playing his new song with Lil Pump. Yeah. <laughs> Do you understand? Because mm-hmm. he has a sound. There's a difference with like, yo, man, this song's popping, but th- that dude's an asshole. Whereas like J. Cole's the opposite. We're like, yo, this dude's dope. He's spitting some shit, but I ain't playing that shit in the club. You know what I mean? Yeah. So imagine if he had all of that. Yeah. He'd be unstoppable, yo. Then again, is it like, does he want to do that? And that's my in-the-box thing. I got my following. I'm in the cut. I'm, I'm slowly growing. I got my thing. So I'm never going to try to treat, achieve that, that next level of like. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it's one of those things where, you know, like outcasts, right? Everyone, like the general public of Outkast remembers what? The Love Below? Speaker Box Love Below. Speaker, yeah, yeah, Speaker Box uh, Love mm-hmm. Below. Yeah. Is it and because these, that's the last one? Well, I think it was the most co- commercial success and then obviously it was their last one, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. But look at the, all the other amazing albums they had before that and no one knows about like that. Yeah. And and no one knows about that. You like feel me? Kormanai is crazy. And that's to me, like they developed the sound and they took it to another level. Um but I don't, I don't know, man. I mean, it, could that happen to J. Cole where his next album could be so commercially huge? Yes. And then everyone's like, well, I don't even know any of his oldest shit. And then would that deter his fan base to be like, yo, that's, why did you do that, Cole? Like, you were, you were ours. Yeah. Why did you become everyone else's? Mm-hmm. That's how I feel. <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like, I feel like that happened. That that's happened. that sneakerhead in you, right? What? No, it's just I've been a fan of him for almost fucking 10 years. I know. I think you, that happened. And it was like that cool shit. Like, if you're at school and, you know, you hear, like, one of his songs or somebody playing the mix, they'd be like, oh, shit, he's down. Like, you felt that. And and it was more, you know, it was my college phase. It was like I played that shit all through college. I, I would play that while I was studying, doing whatever, yeah. homework. 
and it was just like that thing. I'm sure it's probably happened. Darren had yeah. Kanye at the time. Yeah, or I mean, 50 but even if you phase. look at like on a smaller scale, like like Wiz Khalifa, like he had that a cult too. following. Mac Black Miller. and Yellow came out. I feel like when Black and Yellow came out, he lost fans because they were like, "Okay, now you're you're the world. Commercial, like they yeah. know you now. Like mm-hmm. we don't. You're not sacred. Just you're not ours anymore." Did that really happen? Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember he used Even, to do shows out here before Black and Yellow, like yeah. small shows at like the Hard Mac, Rock uh, at the joint, the Hard Rock. Like Mac Miller too. Five hundred. Yeah, Mac Miller's another one. All those guys on a, like on a I played scale. during that college phase of mine. It was J Cole, Wiz Khalifa, Mac Miller, Big Sean, fucking. Um, Currency, all those guys. They're yeah, all, they're, they're all like ran together. It, it happened with the weekend. We were talking about him earlier. Like, I just think it's a detriment. Like I think Mac Miller's a detriment. Like the fact that and I'm embarrassed to say the fact that he passed away and for me to not have heard his music as much. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Dude, man. You know. You need you need to have and yo, everyone could tell me to fuck off, but you need that song that crosses boundaries. That then again it's like, you know what I'm saying? To like yeah. attract to get them in. And to me, I think it's extremely. So, so you don't think that's selling out? Huh? Nowadays, what is selling out? Everything's selling out. Like kids respect selling out. All they care about is I the mean, check, to be the, honest. The word hype beast became cool. Yeah. That used to be like frowned upon. Like, you hype beast. Yo, 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 watch your mouth. You know? It was like. Like, yo, you're so hype beast. Like, yeah, yo, like, like, you know, you're hype beast because you're wearing this or you're. Like, you got, like, if you got the new Jordans, I'm like, yo, you're so hype beast. Like, stop. Nah, but it, yeah, it just goes to that. I don't think J. Cole. He's look, man. Like the little times that I worked with his team, uh, and it was mostly during uh, Forest Hills Drive uh-huh. and the album before that, which was Born Center. What was it? Yeah, Born, Born Center. Center. By yeah. the way, you did great merch. Just bring it out there. Yeah, yeah. But the times that I worked with his people, I've never met a more real and down to earth and humble crew of motherfuckers. So I, when I think of J Cole. I even told him this before the whole dread shit. I said I see him like the Bob Marley of fucking hip hop. <laughs> That's crazy. I'm gonna laugh if you're the reason why those dreads came about. No, no, no. But I see him like at, like a Bob Marley of hip hop, yo. Because when the the projects we were talking about that never came to fruition, but the things that we were that were in intention mm. at the time when we were speaking was I said, yo, I've never seen anyone. Who had who made money that wanted to do something for the and give it back to the community, but then process it with his merch and all of this shit. It was definitely like ambitious, and it was definitely like, "Yo, can we pull this shit off? And will this even sell?" But the fact that there was that thinking behind it, I was like, "Yo, there's no other fucking artist." Like honestly, like I I don't know anything about Kendrick's team, but I doubt that Kendrick has anything to do with his merch. Uh. Dude, I, I remember met, when I had to fly out to Madison Square Garden. When I was in New York, we was doing his merch. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. When me, uh, yeah, we went out there and we had to like. You talking about J. Cole. J. Cole, yeah. yeah. We, like we was doing the Born Center merch. That's what that was, right? Yeah, fucking yeah. amazing. Yeah. And, I only and don't forget that. That was like the first time I ever seen him in concert. I wasn't expecting it, but it was sold out. It yeah. was just like, like you said, his core audience. He's, he has a, a huge following. Yeah. Dude, I mean, for fucking, I can't remember when I stopped, but I was carrying, he signed my $5 bill, and that shit was in my wallet for, like, mad years. And then, to me, it was, I'm just like, dude, I have, like, a fucking moment with J. Cole. Shouts to Darren for taking me to that. But it just, 
you know, it's that cult mentality that's just like, yo, you know, you're cool if you're in this fucking circle. I think you're right that he has achieved a level of greatness for an independent artist like that. I mean, not independent, but an artist to do that with no no hits. features and no features, I think that's yeah. commendable. Yeah, and yeah. I, and then to me, that's dope. My and then I just want to see, I I want to see him like on that next level. You want to see him like a Drake? No, no, I don't. I don't want to be comparable again, to Drake. I'm talking about the music. I want to like Bob Marley's a fair comparison. I, I like want, that. I, very fair comparison. Yeah, because yeah. yo, he's honestly one of the more genuine fucking rappers out there. But I, I, I would and say he, like the the music just needs to be more like more like audible. More, you know what I mean? Like, like I think it, he has the power to like sounds cheesy but he could like change the world like he could be like one of them guys that influences people to vote he could like influence politics he can do a lot of things and a lot of good with his platform mm -hmm. and that can help him achieve greatness like when you think of KOD right mm -hmm. as great of an album as it is was there any distinct beats that you were like or songs that you were like yo that was insane or amazing it was just the overall message of everything yeah. and his lyrics mm -hmm. but yeah. the beats itself could have been I mean they were good but they, they could have been this like, is what he was dope. saying I like some of the beats. I think, yeah, I think it was a vast improvement. I'm about to say ATM was like <laughs> kind of different for him. Yeah, yeah. but it, you, you feel what I mean where it's like when I heard oh, yeah, Four Hills yeah. Drive, I thought that was the peak of his production. That shit was really good too. I, I said this is the peak of his production and his lyrics coming together. Uh -huh. And my thing is like, you either, like once you've established that sound, you either reproduce it again and reestablish your sound even more, or you change it up. Yeah. And I think he changed it up, remember? Yeah. And then he created another sound for this fourth one. So that's why, for me, it's a little difficult to say that there's a distinct sound, like a J. Cole sound. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah. I also thought the way he executed the For Your Eyes Only was... I didn't even catch on to the message. It was so, like... There were some songs in there I needed. Huh? There were some songs in there that I needed at the moment. Some of the messages in there, I was like, oh, okay. I mean, yeah. I can't say that, man. I can't shit on that. Yeah. <laughs> if you need those songs, then you need it, man. I mean, but that, that's what a lot of rappers that are like. There's messages that I need at the moment that I'm like, okay. And it's just the beauty of music to me. So right. sorry I put that oh, on. Oh, Jesus on. fucking on that note. Christ. <laughs> Actually, on that note, we should go into... Uh, our, our, our DJ City ad. Oh, oh yeah. Shout out to our Shout sponsors. out to DJ City. Uh, our I, I, first I, sponsors. You know what, man? So wait a minute. We got to do wait. this every episode? Yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> I mean, what you think a sponsorship is? Are we getting paid for this? Yo, first, yeah. Yes. <laughs> first of all, yeah. fix your tone. You know what I'm saying? Chill, bro. We're, We're securing the bags. So yes. chill. Like, <laughs> fix, DJ City's the greatest. The I haven't seen the bag yet. Yeah. <laughs> It's in Figures. delivery, motherfucker. Yeah. It's involved. in delivery, bro. Bro, it was a it was a long week, you know. Never's joking, man. Bro. No, he's not. Am I? <laughs> I should be upset because I don't. I still pay for my DJ City account, so you should be upset. Do yes, you, you have every you, you gotta pay your dues. You gotta pay. No, nah, I've been paying it for almost ten years. Fuck that. So Has it been around ten years? I don't know. Huh? Oh yeah, I've, I've had mine since like oh seven. Wow. 08. Yo, never hey. you about to make us lose the sponsor, so, bro. I'm so, gonna kill you. Me, I'm, I'm, so, yo, I've been working I'm a, on it. I'm, I'm gonna make this shit if they don't send me a free account. You know, you know how long I've been working on this shit, man? man. Come it's on, been bro. a long time. It's been a year. 
<laughs> no, less than that. No, I'm just playing. No, big shout to DJ City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For real, honestly, man. But like, for real, send me that account. <laughs> you want the free account? I want the free account. Lifetime, yeah, please. Worked uh, really hard to this. Been paying. Shut up. How you want to do this? <laughs> hold, hold on, hold on. Yeah. I want to say this is our one year anniversary. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I want to shout DJ City for uh, fucking with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, even. Even when I was talking to them since the beginning in our in our earlier episodes, yeah, they they you know they were showing love and shit, and a lot of motherfuckers showing love, a lot of DJs, a lot of our homies, and everyone was been showing love. And you know what? I didn't think people would listen to this shit. <laughs> like, yeah, didn't go back to episode one. I think you even never had mentioned like you didn't even really want to do this. No, I didn't. Yeah, I, I, thought, never, I thought it was a one never, one, one never, time thing. Never told me that the other day. He's I like, thought a, I thought it was gonna be a one episode. I was, yeah, I was like, he, he was like, yo, you want to do this podcast? And I'm like, fuck it, I see it in one time. Why not? Yeah. And then we just but like, I didn't know we kept going and going and going. So I just kept so. dragging you in. You could have said no. No, no. He yeah. just happened to be up at office every time. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's crazy. No, and then but shout did out you to think that same thing or no? No, I mean I honestly thought it would be sustainable, but to the level that we've achieved, you know, in just uh, under no, a year. No, no, like I wasn't you were only here for one episode. Is what he's asking? Oh no, no, no! I, I was, I was in. I was, he all was in, in it to win it. No, but shout out to DJ City because they let us borrow their studio when they didn't know what the fuck we were doing, yeah, and they took yeah. a chance and they let us record our Captains of Industry episode. In their studio, so shout yeah, out to true. Them. That and was, we we didn't even announce anything by then. It was still on the wraps. So shout did out we to even them. have a name? We had a name by then. Yes. Yeah, we had we the did. name by then. Um, it took us five episodes, but we got the name. Who's gonna read this? Someone should read this like crying Kendrick. <laughs> should please, we all take no, a no, turn? No, please don't. Please don't. <laughs> um, they had one criticism though. What of our last ad? <laughs> what was they, it? We have to make sure. We say the, the last line correctly. Head to djcity.com forward slash digital for more info. Why so wait, it, okay. What did they tell you to say? Head to djcity.com forward slash digital for more info. But why oh. can't they just head to DJ City? Why does it have to be forward slash digital? They have, they have to put the djcity.com forward slash digital in order to get the information. What? Okay. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah? Yeah. No. Is so that it has to be head to djcity.com forward slash digital. You said what there? It has to be djcity.com forward slash digital. No, 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 but why isn't it just djcity.com? I'm going to talk to them. Why does it have to be forward digital? It has to be forward slash digital. I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess they know better than that. All right, let's right. read this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, nah, I don't want to read this. I'll read it. All right, you read it. This up, okay. <laughs> this episode of the Road Podcast is brought to you by DJ City. DJ City is the world's leading record pool, delivering music and thousands of DJs across the globe. For less than a dollar a day, you can download exclusive edits, remixes, intros, and other tools to spice up your DJ sets. All right, now translate in Spanish. Now, <laughs> Jamie, fuck, translate in Spanish. <laughs> no, you gotta make sure they go. Avanza. <laughs> Why don't you try? I want to see you try to read in Spanish because your, your Spanish is better than I expected. Um, but first, you got to make sure they go to djcity.com forward slash digital for okay. more information. Yeah. I don't know how to say episode. El episode. Episodio. Uh, episodio uh, de El Road podcast. Uh, es Extraído por DJ Extraído City. Extraído to DJ City. Yeah, I mean, you could do this shit. Do it like DJ really City. fast, like Puerto Rican style. Now they're not gonna understand it. They made me reread it <laughs> next week. Derek, you gone. The li- their library is updated daily with music direct from the labels. Customized recommendations are curated. Charts help 
I'm sorry. Let me do that over. Customize recommendations Fuck, and curate we gonna, charts. Yo, we're gonna lose. We're not, secu- we not securing <laughs> the bag, right? No wonder never hasn't gotten his bag. I got, I got my hands and I'm praying. I'm looking up to the Lord for the DJ Lord. Please be able to read, yo, D. Let's do it. You're gonna make us lose the sponsor. Nah, man. Bring it back to customize. Hey. I got money on this one. Let's go. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Their library is updated daily with music directly from the labels. Customized recommendations <laughs> and curated charts <laughs> help you stay up to date with the latest songs and music trends. Whatever you need from the latest hip-hop, EDM, Latin music, DJ City has you covered. Head over to djcity.com forward slash digital for more info. All right. Shit. Hope they're happy. DJCity.com forward slash digital. You know where we're heading to DJCity.com forward slash digital for more information. Never read that shit. Which part? The last, the last part. Head to DJ City forward slash digital for more info. There you go. Okay. Y'all happy motherfuckers? So for more information, <laughs> go to DJ.com slash forward slash digital. I don't like saying the world curated and recommendations all in one. That shit was just hey, you text up. our you text our sponsorship <laughs> next week, bro. Yo, can y'all shut the fuck up, man? These motherfuckers <laughs> are sponsoring us. Hey, send the account. I fucking work hard for this shit, man. <laughs> DJ City, you know I'm joking with you guys. I'm not joking. Yeah. Send the account. <laughs> <laughs> You didn't do a written statement apology. Jamie needs that. Jamie needs that link. Yeah. Huh? So I should head to djcity.com forward slash digital for more information. Yes, Word. sir. Yeah. I ain't, yo, I ain't gonna front, man. Honestly, like, in all honesty, though, there's a bunch of sites out there that we all kind of float around to, but we, I always hit djcity.com first when yeah. I'm looking oh. for shit. Now, in our in our jokes aside, um, we really appreciate this opportunity. And oh, shut up, Jamie. <laughs> send that account. See, Jamie trying to get that free account. Hey. Kissing that ass, man. No, man. You got some stuff in your nose. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, chill, yo. chill, chill. It's Vegas. You can't really joke like that. <laughs> hey, shit. You got to lose a sponsorship like that. <laughs> um, all right. Where are we at right now? Shit. Little Baby and Gunna. Did y'all hear that? I like it. I haven't listened to I'm it. Actually, you know what, man? We've been talking about music so fucking long. Pause. Uh, let's. Let's let's go to these questions. Oh, I got the questions ready. You got these questions. So, a few weeks ago and recently, we asked a couple. We asked y'all to send us questions uh, for the for the, our one year anniversary, and uh, these are the questions we got. We got like two of them or three of them. No, we got <laughs> we got like seven. But okay, oh, we are so fucking. We got that many. Yeah, we got that many. Uh, uh, what's the best advice you can give? Uh, young DJs trying to get into the industry. I think I can answer that one. <laughs> More so because me- Cricket's been on me for the past year about this. Uh, basically, just stay, you know, be around, go out a lot, you know, kind of show face more, and really just stay like, um, like stay in people's eyes. Put out mixes, work on your like, you know, show off like your DJ talent and shit like that. But more so importantly, go out, make relationships, network, and yeah. And anything you guys want to add? What is it? What is the best advice? Why don't each of us say something about that? Well, that yeah. was my. That's what I take. That's my answer to that. Never. I would say, um, just like Jamie said, just go out, show face. Um, well, say something me? different. Say something different. Um, keep um, keep it real. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it real. Hey, young blood, just stay, keep it real. Stay on your toes with the latest music. Still, no one's toes. popping. No, the DJ City ad is done. You don't have to keep going. Float like a butterfly. And we, and we, you, know, like you know what? To these new artists. 
Go to DJ City and download the latest music. Stay on top Come of on, the no, shit. Come on, no, no, be no. real though. Like some advice. What is it? What is the question again? Uh, Specific. What, what's the best advice you can give a young DJ trying to get into <laughs> no, the industry? No, don't give up. You gotta. Don't give up. <laughs> you gotta keep going. Damn, I'm trying to be serious. Yo, <laughs> no, hold on. Cricket, you go, asshole. No, I want to hear you. wanna laugh at never. <laughs> no, nah, because there gonna be times you gonna you gonna get frustrated, and I'm the same. Don't don't get frustrated. Keep going and going until you get that gig you want. That's good. Or no, study work. Yeah. D advice. Um, I would say literally find out DJs that you like. Go listen to those guys. Go see what they do good. <laughs> go see what they don't do good, and help that develop yourself. Like I'm not saying it to steal from them necessarily, but mm-hmm. just learn, learn the craft, because nothing is gonna prepare you for a live crowd like i practiced for months years like just doing stuff at home learning nothing prepares you for being in front of people because that first time you do something and it doesn't work it's like you gotta you gotta recover you gotta bounce back so just going out listening to djs that you respect that you like djs may come into your city go check them out you know you don't even have to meet them just just listen to them check them out see what they do like check out their sets and then practice at home record yourself too Record yourself. That way you can listen to yourself, see what you do wrong or your errors within your set, and then keep recording yourself. Eventually, you'll get better. That's mm-hmm. what I did. I would record a lot of my sets at home just practicing. That That's helped good. me a lot. That's great yeah. advice. That's really great advice. Uh, yeah. Let me try to add another different perspective. Mm. Let me add something else to mine. Okay. Don't try to undercut other DJs because a lot of DJs have worked to get the rate that they're at right now, and you coming to undercut somebody, you're just going backwards. I mean, dude, dude. People who undercut were raised a certain way. Well, but Do you understand what I mean? They they're gonna undercut in the DJ world. They're gonna undercut in okay. in the finance world and whatever life, job in life, life in anything. Yeah. They're gonna undercut. So you can't. the The best way is to always honestly. All right, here's my advice. What was the question again? Oh my god! <laughs> you know what, man? You're gonna you're gonna hit a lot of. Uh, <laughs> Trials and tribulations. No, you <laughs> float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. <laughs> <laughs> the grass is always greener. This is Nevis advice. And no, no, you, you know what? Always keep a level temperament, man. Like, don't take anything. Don't, don't, don't get heated about nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like, try to always keep a level head with shit. Even with requests, with managers, or anything. I've, I've honestly, man, like, uh, just. Just always keep a level head and watch what you say. But you know, at, at the same time, just I don't know, man. I feel like I don't, I don't know what to give advice. It's like yo, just keep it, keep it real. I mean, <laughs> West Coast, West Coast, East Coast, worldwide. I mean, you guys said, you guys, yo, Jamie, you said some great shit. You know, going out helps a lot. What Darren said is is most important, I think. And then listening to other DJs, good or bad, and then honestly showing respect to everyone, man. Yeah, and then it's just like yo, if you if you have an undercutter that f- you know that fucks with you, like keep it moving and just you know and do your own thing and, and yeah, just I don't know, man. I just think, and I, to be honest, man, know where your focuses are and what you want to do, man. Because if you want to DJ and, and get a quick bag, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. It's a free fucking country. Yeah. But if you really want to be a, a nightclub DJ or you want to be a certain kind of DJ, a like, working DJ, figure out what kind of DJ you want to be because there's so many categories right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's festival DJs, there's lounge DJs, and 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 I'll be really honest with you, especially in the day and age, don't listen to anybody. 
I mean, you can listen to whoever the fuck you want, but honestly, like, build your own shit. Like, build your own following and your sound, and you're going to go, you know, you're going to have more longevity with that shit to me, man. Yeah. Uh, that was horrible advice, but go ahead. <laughs> uh, what is everyone's favorite DJ? Who's everyone's favorite DJ? What, like, who is everyone? But they said, what is everyone's favorite DJ? You mean who? So who? I'll go first if you go ahead. I only got like two. It's AM and Jazzy. AM and Jazzy? For me. Yeah. They're like, to me, they're like the best of all time. But again, I was raised in a different era. <laughs> so maybe it's different for Neva and, and Darren. Let's go by age. Darren, what's your two favorite? Damn, man. Jazzy Jeff is definitely right there. Uh, he's one of my favorites. And then I just have different reasons for why I think. Uh, obviously, I love Kid Capri for his mic presence and the way he he rocks the mic. Greatness. Mm -hmm. Jazzy Jeff, technically, technically, skill wise, um, I think those two probably were the biggest influence for me. Uh, with with uh, and then obviously like, I've learned from Crooked and Never too. So I don't want to take. Don't, I don't want to take. I didn't want to gas up Kruger, but yeah, no, he's top I, three. I don't want to <laughs> take or like seem like I'm gassing up the homies, but I've learned from these two guys probably more than anyone else. So I have to put them in my in my top as well. Yeah, yeah. And I'm grateful to have them as friends, but like, I don't as know far as DJ, I don't you know get, if I'm your friend. You get too <laughs> sentimental, DJ. Chill, man. No, it, it, it's it's honestly true because a lot of people don't know Crooked. I mean, we kind of, we know, but I've in the past couple of months I've I've been hanging out with him a lot, and this motherfucker takes things to the like serious matter level hundred. Like he takes everything serious, and like it's no joke, and he takes it and he tries to be the best he can at it. That's why he's top three, because it's like as much as you like clown on me and shit like that, like nah, like you are definitely top three. Like you are mean with it. A lot of, you give a lot of motherfuckers a run for their money quick but it's just you know i don't know about all that i think so <laughs> uh my top my favorite djs i really uh i'm gonna give it to the people who i've learned from and who actually are, are still going right now uh fuck i gotta give dj scooter in san diego he uh he puts 110 percent every time i see him whether it's an empty room, full room, a shitty crowd room, he puts 110%, and he makes the crowd a believer in DJ Scooter. Yeah. So I got to give Scooter that shit. Uh, Ross One, another favorite. DJ Reach in New York is yeah. another favorite. God damn, Reach is fucking nasty. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that one of those... No, I, Homo, probably the one of the best... The, with the mic game. Oh my God, DJ Just Reach! Crazy. Look, if you're ever in New York City, uh, go see DJ Reach. Like you have to go see that's that motherfucker. That's He's nasty. Yeah. Fuck. I want to say I don't know if I've said this on a podcast before, but AM says something to the likes of I would give up like scratching some technical skills to have Reach's like mic work. Pause. Did AM say this? Yeah. About oh. Reach? Yeah. Oh, he said he would give up some technical skills just to have. That mic presence, that fucking reach has. Reach is, that, that, oh. god damn it, man. Um, that shit is crazy. I've learned a lot from dudes like Elias Escobar. I would go listen to him, and I would just fan the fuck out. And he would blow me away with selection and his mixes, Stretch Armstrong. And uh, 
Fuck, Mr. Mauricio's nasty. Yeah. Ro- Did Mauricio. I say Ross 1 already? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rockticon too. Rockticon. DJ 11. Fuck. I learned a lot from DJ 11. Momo. Mo- oh, my God. Momo. Okay, okay. Enough dicks in your mouth. And Never. Then, wait, 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 wait. I'm not done. I'm not done. I'm still going. <laughs> yeah, you, know more. What, you know what, man? I'm a big fan of... Uh, fuck, man. I'm trying to think. There's so many. And yo, Kid Capri is, mm-hmm. is definitely one of them. And, and you know what, man? And to be honest, I've learned a lot from Never, and I still learn a lot from Never. And I'm not just saying this because, I mean, he's, he's next to me. He's my boy. But yo, man, the longevity that Never has right now in the game, how long have you been DJing? Since like 93? 93. That's almost 20 years. And he's hmm. still, yo. Sorry, 30. My man has his own, like, Never's the first DJ I, I met that owned his own home. And that changed my perception on a lot of things. Because when we were coming up, we never knew that we could make a living off of DJing. And I think that changed me. And then seeing Never adapt to the times and the sounds and sounding almost better than some of these young bucks. You know what I mean? And him even becoming so fluent on CDJs now, it's inspiration for me. Like, I got no reason to be like a crumb on CDJs. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, uh, Yo, like, you, I give credit to, like, and, you know, I'm not trying to say you're one of the little people. You're not one of the little people, but you, everyone's saying these big DJs, you know what I'm saying? I really champion the working DJs, and that's why we started this podcast, to be honest, is the all these DJ. little motherfuckers, that, but they make livings off of being a DJ. Yeah. And that's why we had uh, Audio One on here. Yeah. And that's why we had Nugget on here. Like, yo, you can be, like... Not a little DJ, but you can be a local DJ, make a living, raise a kid, have a family, own your own home, uh, start another business. You know what I mean? It's all possible if you're smart, you're respectful, and you know you keep it real to to who you are and and the people's around you, yo. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, those are my. F- I mean, I'm I'm probably missing a ton. Yo, Rockticon, fuck man, Rockticon changed my perception on a lot of shit, man. When I first heard him too, man. Yeah. There's a lot, yo. There's so many DJs. I can't, I can't even say, man. To be honest, Ron G. Shit. I mean, there's a lot, man. A lot. I got a big up Cyber Kid too, man, because I learned a lot from him too. Cyber Kid. Yeah, Cyber Kid taught me a lot. Don't worry, Gear Two will bring Cyber Kid. Yeah, we had <laughs> a big. You know what, man? And I'll be honest with you, man. We we've been meaning to bring more Las Vegas DJs on, like more Las Vegas DJs on this on this podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just we have so many dudes that come into town. Yeah. And you don't want to diss a dude who like flew into Vegas and they're DJing. You're like, oh shit, you want to be on? Like, yo, let's we're gonna make time to like have you on the on the on the on the podcast. Oh, yeah. But we there's so there's a lot of legends here. Cyber in the city, Kid, man. Was, Cyber Kid was supposed to have been like episode twenty. Well, he's not a legend, but he he should he, oh. he, <laughs> he should definitely be on the pod. But like you got dudes like uh, Warm Peace, Pizzo. Yeah. Those guys yeah. had created. They had a movement here in Vegas, you know. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. And a hip hop site, hip hop site, and mm-hmm. just I want to hear about early days in Vegas with them as well. Ob yeah. one, yeah. I feel like yeah. him yeah, too. He's the number one. We should definitely yeah, have. He was like OB1, episode thirty man. around that. Ob one was one of the first DJs ever on MTV, like on some shit. Yeah, on some yeah. Cr- mm-hmm. They did a documentary about his Muay Thai shit yeah. too. I mean, that's another dude, man. Rectangle, Rectangle's mm-hmm. still out here, right? Yeah, shit. Yeah. I, I mean, know. yo, we we we're gonna we're gonna get all these Las Vegas dudes and salute to them, but yeah, yeah. They're never yet your favorites. Um, I have a lot. Well, you you named a lot of people that I feel like uh, name them again. Okay, name but them I'm, again. I'm gonna name I'm gonna name like some like 
The Funk Master Flats. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, DJ Cool DJ Red Alert. I'm old school, so this is shit I grew up on. And then, like, when I started doing clubs, I used to listen to Stretch Armstrong. Oh, I used to yeah, go to all man. his parties. I learned a lot from him, the way he DJs, the way he um, worked the crowd. Learned a lot from Mark Ronson. Mark Ronson. He used to let amazing, me open for yeah. him. And after I opened, he'd get on, and I learned a lot from him as well. Yeah. Like, how to mix every type of different genre of He music. was so good at that. Exactly, yeah. He was so good at playing, going from, like, yo, G-Dep special delivery, and then somehow going into, like, I don't know, like the strokes. Mm-hmm. You know what I yeah. mean? Like crazy shit, and it would blow my mind. Exactly. Oh, um, DJ Riz. You didn't- Riz. Oh man, I forgot Riz. That's a legend. Yo, yo Riz is legendary, and one of my one of our favorite peoples ever. Yo, like the most humble motherfucker ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't say Kick Capri. Dan said Dan. that. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? I learned also. Um, I used to go to like a lot of freestyle clubs back in the days, so I learned a lot from Little Louis Vega. Mm-hmm. He's like a house DJ. Uh-huh. Um, <coughs> Larry Levan, like I listened to like a, a lot of his old mix tapes. This yeah. is like old school shit, and I got a great story too, man. Cricket is definitely one of my favorite DJs, and I never forget like um, before he moved to Vegas, I heard him DJ at um, I want to say the name of the club was Pink Elephant. Oh. Was, am I right? Yeah. And I don't know. You just that night it was just like damn, this dude was fucking killing it. And then I never forget, I flew back to Vegas like um, the next day, and I had a meeting. We, me, and Eddie McDonald had a meeting with the owners of Light, the managers, mm-hmm. and they was like, "Yo, do you know any good DJs that you could recommend to DJ at the um, that was about the Open Jet?" Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Yo, I just seen you that night after." I was like, "Yo, this dude Crooked is nasty. You need to give him a call, bring him out here." Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, yeah, man. One that I know it probably slipped your mind, but Love Bug, Starsky. Rest in peace. Yeah, Rest in peace. I, I, yeah. I don't want you to get emotional, but I know that means a lot to you. I mean, he's like one of the earliest DJs, the first DJs I heard spin live. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely Love Bug, Starsky. And even like before he died, he was still doing Rock and Crowns. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It would be like fucking 10 people in the room, but he would DJ like it was packed. Yeah. Like his job was on the line. That shit is. Yeah. Yo, that, that to me. Is always a testament to a DJ, loving to DJ is when there's ten people in the room, mm-hmm. and he's just going to fuck off like there's like four thousand. Yeah, and you know what, man? Going back to what you said about yo, I really appreciate Never for looking out for me and bringing me out to Vegas. And it's like it's very rare when you meet other DJs and homie DJs that look out for you and help you. Dude, earn you looked living. out for me earn, also. Earn, I remember that mixtape that you helped me do that yeah. you wound up doing. <laughs> the majority of it. But you didn't have to do that. I was just like, uh, I didn't even really know you that good. We you know, had yeah. just met a few times whatever. And I'm not, like, you know, when I was out here and I need to work, you put out my name to Eddie and I start getting more bookings never and I appreciate that too. Oh, and yo, I that's that's that. another thing like that goes back to what we were saying about uh, advice is yo, you gotta be, you gotta keep it real and you gotta like respect other DJs because honestly, that's where you get work, yo. Yeah. Like motherfuckers mm-hmm. co- co-sign you, man. If you ain't mm-hmm. getting co-signed, you undercutting motherfuckers or you, you're doing shady ass shit, no one's gonna co-sign you, bro. Yeah. And don't, I don't care how big you are, pause, like you, 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 there's a lot of DJs that are big in this industry, pause, and, but, don't help a hand. Don't but like, but like, yo, like, no one co-signs them, mm. and they don't end up working nowhere, yo. Yeah, mm-hmm. 
like I'm telling you, like that cosine is strong. So yeah. like, you know, keep you know whatever. Yeah. Anyway, next question. Uh, We're like sucking each other's. I know. Right? Right? Just keep <laughs> <laughs> uh, give me a sec. Uh, okay, here goes another one. Uh, what's your end game life after DJing? Which is kind of hard. Jesus Christ. Now that to me is kind of like I I just want to DJ. I'm I curious. Die. I want to I want to hear Jamie's end game. What's your end game? <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I mean, you know, I love doing it for for just the craft, and I have a passion for it. But yeah, I mean, eventually, you know, get a home, retire from it, live off of that. I can't see myself not DJing. Well, well, here, what was the what was the rest of the question? What's your end game for? Yeah, that's it. What's your end game? Life after DJing. Oh, life after DJing. Yeah, that's like that's what when you quit. I don't think I'm gonna quit doing this shit. I don't think. Like, yeah. I, yo, Love Starsky did it to the death. Exactly. Like, yeah. We're all going to do it to the death. I mean, AM did it to the death. A lot of these dudes did it Red all alert. Like, Red alert. alert. Red Alert is still doing it. Yeah. He's like, he just celebrated his 35th year in radio. Wow. That's what I'm saying. Grandmaster like, Flash is still doing it. Yeah, 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 and he's fucking, I don't even know how old he is, but like. He's like 60. I, I can't, I can't. don't lose that ability. I just, yeah. it's a passion you have for it. A lot of people may not be able to relate to it, but. It's just a passion that you have that even if it's in your bedroom and you're DJing, that's still DJing. You got you know artists like Kiss that are like still touring. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? It's just I can't see myself after that, like, you know, quitting that. So I'll probably DJ it till the day I die. But, you know, eventually, yeah, you know, live off of it, retire from it, you know, in a sense to go do other shit. Mm-hmm. But stop DJing, I don't think that's ever gonna really no, I, I was I was gonna answer this I was gonna say the same thing. I'm I'm gonna DJ until I die. Fuck it, because yeah. I love DJing. I love music. It just yeah, there's something about the passion that you have for music that it just it's gonna keep you going. It just it's not for the check. I think it's just for the love of the music. Exactly. D, what's your what's your end game? <laughs> no, nah, I'm to be honest, I don't see myself not DJing. Obviously, I would love to um, a, a, attain other business ventures and spend my money wisely, invest my money wisely, so I can live off of it. Is for until I die, but I'm gonna continue to DJ in some form or be involved in music in some mm-hmm. form, whether it's you know working with labels or being a consultant with music or doing something involving music. I love it that much to where I don't ever see myself not being a part of it in some way. But as far as DJing, I think that's a, a high that you can't really duplicate. Mm-hmm. And I love um, being in front of a crowd and pleasing the crowd, and that's something that I'll never get tired of and i'm gonna do that as long as i can as long as i physically can um but yeah as far as like life after like my life will always be in music will always be involved in my life in some form yeah i mean that's just how i grew up like my granddad was involved in music my uncles they uh they used to throw jazz concerts reggae concerts i was like the little kid following following them around Mm -hmm. and that's all i've ever known since i was about eight years old is just being a part of music so if they still do it at a high level, my uncle is in his in his sixties, I believe, almost seventy. My grandfather's eighty, <laughs> and they still do stuff involving uh-huh. music. My granddad's like a part of a a jazz concert they do once a year in L.A. in Compton. And he's putting mm-hmm. that together right now. He's eighty, so I mean, you know, you can do it as long as you physically want want to do it and are able to do it. God given us has given us this ability to do it, so I don't ever take that for granted, and I want to do it as long as I can. Yeah, I mean, I want to say there's more of a, there's almost more of a longevity in DJing than there is in actually being 
I mean, unless you're like a huge star like Drake or some shit, like them being an artist. Because, <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't know, man. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I don't think, I, I don't know about an end game. I think, honestly, man, if it sounds like all three of us, all four of us, well, yeah, all four of us, maybe Jamie. Suck a dick. <laughs> I still think. Yeah, you, I know you. I know you want to. I know you want to be a DJ. I think the the love of music is in you, and yeah. I think we all come from the love of music. So I I don't think that shit ever dies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like you'll see these other DJs. Like, yo, man, that's not their main focus. Is the music is not the main focus, bro? And then we'll see how long they last. Or let let's see what they move on into. You know, yeah. and other things. Yeah. And. uh I don't know, man. But in the end, I, I'm telling you right now, like dudes like Rakhtakan, where he's like, yo, I re- I'm quitting. I'm going to stop DJing. It's see. all full circle. He came back to DJing. Like, he, you can't escape it, man. No matter, like, as cynical as that motherfucker is, man, he he loves DJing, man. As yeah. much as he wants to appear that he hates DJing, he fucking loves it. And he's good at it. I mean, in the course of yeah. six months since I met him, like I follow him on on Instagram. He kind of put his old little DJ setup back together. Yeah, man. In those six months, it's like you saw the vinyls get a little like longer. The, like the collection was bigger, and then the, the the fucking turntables and the CDJs, and then that one mixer that he has that we were trying to figure out what it was. Yeah. And I was just like, dude, he's the rotary knob mixer. Yeah, yeah. And he, I was just like, damn, it's in his blood, man. It's like you yo, can't like, you can't cut that out. Nah, man. it's like a form of breathing. It is it's like. You know, and it, it goes back to um, uh, Never had told us that when Aretha Franklin died, it fucked with him because that was his like that would play in, in his house, and that goes back to the love of music. Like you snap back to that just with a form of a song. Like it, when I hear Lauryn Hill, I think right away my mom cleaning the crib. Mm-hmm. So it's just like you can't take that shit out because you grew up on that. Pause. Take, I don't know take that shit out. Take yeah. that shit out. Oh. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Nah, you're too emotional, man. I got to break it up with the take that <laughs> shit out. Pause. I'm fucking shocked. Your, your mom's was vacuuming to Lauren Hill. No, the crazy was the fucking uh, no. young ass motherfucker. No, man. Supremes was popping. Motown's Greatest Hits, Temptations was playing. Fucking Diana Ross. I took her to see Diana Ross here. She was crying. All that shit. Frank Sinatra was playing. Uh, Barry White, fucking yeah, it was just That's all crazy. that shit. So to me, it was just and and then you know the hip hop came from my uncle's side, and so it was just like it was a curation of everybody putting that music into me. That hey, yeah. shit goes back to like when I was four. Getting the Space Jam fucking soundtrack to me was like the greatest shit. So it's just like you know, too. When when Michael Jackson died, I fucking cried. No, I it, yeah, I was. You know, I just thought about when I was a kid. It was like I grew up. With the Jackson Five mm-hmm. into his solo career to Thriller, and this is like I felt like I lost a, a family member when yeah. he died. I even made my mom watch the Quincy Jones documentary. I told my sister, "Yo, try to put the, the Spanish subtitles or somebody like narrating," because she she was like she's a big ass Frank Sinatra fan, and her father played that for her. So it goes back to shit like that. So I think the music, as much as it's in us. I don't think the DJ will ever leave us. And you know what? As as bad, I wouldn't say as bad. I would say this year has was probably the worst year of hip hop in my existence. As bad as it it it, it was, there was still good shit in it. Yeah, there was still yeah. music that I love. And there was st- few and moments. there's still music. Yeah, yo, the the craziest shit in DJing is when you hate a song but you have to play it. Yeah, 
And then when you start playing it more, you start seeing the beauty in that one song, <laughs> even though it's fucking horrid. <laughs> For example, if I had to play that Logic Wu-Tang song, I bet you after 20 plays, I would see the beauty in it or I would be brainwashed. But either way, <laughs> that's the only thing I can think of in DJing where like you're forced to play the songs yeah. and then you start understanding why the people love those songs. You know what I mean? But yeah, I let's mean, you move start, forward. You start, you start liking part of the song. I mean, um, if you don't if you don't like it, at least you respect the fact that uh, a song like that can be as you know, uh, yeah. I don't know, overpowering to the crowd and shit. Uh, God, your best DJ set ever played. You guys got one? We go to Commonwealth ten months ago. Let's play. No, you keep talking about that <laughs> no, one right? night. Bro. I had a good th- bro. It was my first DJ that's like, set. That's in like Vegas. a sour milk, uh, <laughs> just incredible. Belly mentioned with Jay Z. Yeah. <laughs> nah, um, shit goes on repeat. Yo. <laughs> Fuck, I'm trying to think. It's funny how that one night, uh, it, it keeps you motivated though, right? Yeah. That one it night, was fun. Like I saw Darren jump <laughs> from the yeah. dance floor yeah. to the booth because he was so night. hype about a song that I played. I, I know one of mine. Um, it's probably like 2013, and it was at Hyde. And you know how hot is like kind of like half indoor, half outdoor. Yeah, yeah. And I remember uh, Pauly D was there. I played like a couple of his tracks, but I mean it was like packed wall to wall. And I started at twelve thirty, and then I knew it was a good night because like the sun was starting to come out. Oh damn! Like uh, oh shit! Like it was starting to like come out. So it, it was like almost like five, and I was everything I played was just like hidden. Like, it was just crazy, and the time just flew by, and then the manager was like, "Damn, the sun's coming out. We should probably shut down." Damn! No, I could go another thirty. <laughs> I mean, I mean, everything was working. Like, I just couldn't do any wrong. It was just amazing. I couldn't sleep that night. I was so amped. I just wanted to go. Well, it was morning by the time you got home. Yeah. <laughs> it was like I just wanted to go DJ somewhere else. I was just like, shit. Like, just gosh, that, that fucking high, man. Yeah. Chasing. I almost wanted to go gamble after. I was like, yeah. I'm, I'm hot. Yeah, calm down. <laughs> calm down. <laughs> Calls me the next one. Yeah, I'm broke. <laughs> I think I got one last night. <laughs> no, no, last night was great, but not that one. But um, I DJ Vorkis uh, Records Christmas party. I think I told you about this. Oh, yeah, that's that's when you, this was me and Cypher Sound. <laughs> so I had to open for Cypher. And it was like I had like cases of records. I had like opening music. I didn't have no like bangers. I, had, yeah. I was at a spot where I had my crates. I had DJ the night before. So I had my crates at the venue. But I, it was in the basement. So I just pulled up like the opening shit. So I'm DJing. Everybody walking in, fucking all the workers, artists was there. Queen Latifah, Tretch, Naughty by Nature. Oh, man, so many. It was like so many hip-hop celebrities at yeah, the yeah. time. So I'm DJing, DJing, it's getting packed and packed. And I'm like, yo, where the fuck is Cypher Sounds at? So Cypher never showed up. Yo, so Cypher I, Sounds had let two people down in this podcast. So, so luckily I had my boy with me. I was like, yo, can you go in the basement and get my crates with the bangers? So he brought the bangers up. I fucking, I was, I was killing it. And everybody kept coming up to me. It was like, yo, Latifah came up to me. She was like, gave me a pound. She's like, yo. She said, give me the head. And I was like, yo, yeah, you yeah. doing your thing. Like, and it was just like, after that night, I was just like, nah, man. This is, this is like one of the best sets I ever did in my life. Was that when you were doing full-time or part-time? Um, what you mean? Like, were you full-time DJing or part-time DJing? I had just started doing it full-time. So that was, like, solidifying, like, yo, a I, little made the, bit. I made the, I made right, the right decision. Choice. Exactly, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. <sighs> My favorite nah, DJ set. Kirk has, like, 30. No. <laughs> I can't even think of one. 
That's the problem. I don't know, man. I can't think of one. Just for the sake of it, you do, like, just, you know, for the audience, you do have a bad memory. I do have a horrible memory. You thought this was supposed to be a two today, and it was I Honestly, I don't (laughs) treasure anything I do, and that's really really kind of a problem because I'm always thinking about the next thing. And I, I, I kind of, I regret that because, like, I don't like... I don't keep a good uh, scrapbook of shit, of my shit. Mm-hmm. I like really, everything I, I really see everything as disposable, yo. Sucks. But I don't, I, I can't answer. I can't really think of like a dope set. I can think of dope sets that I've heard from other DJs. I can give you, I will, I guess I can call one of your dope sets that I enjoy was, you did a. No, 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 I don't want to hear it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, come on. It was like too much dick stroking right now. I'm alright. I'm like, just saying. Lay off of me. Like, <laughs> Get off of like, right? It sounds like this is scripted, like, yo, for real. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I would say, I don't know if I had a good set, but fuck, man. I'm really trying to think. Uh, I don't. I just thought I think one time when when Prince was there and we were and I was playing Prince soul was music. there. Yeah, damn, that's dope. It was at Jet, and it was like borderline six a.m. and he was there, and it was only him and his dancers. He had a show in Vegas. It was him, his dancers, his peoples, and they had a, a table, and they said, "Yo, he just wants to hear classics and shit." But I don't know if that was my best set, but I was just fucking. That's one Did of the most. Him? No, I didn't. Security was like buffering, but it was just like one of those things where I was like, damn, man, this is fucking. And you know what, man? Anytime I've had to DJ with Jamie Foxx was fucking fun. I think I said me. I was like, what? No, <laughs> said- not you, Jamie. Jamie Foxx, and he's on the mic, and he's, it's fucking fun, man. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. All right. Uh, this is one of the last questions. Uh, how does everyone manage uh, their Serato DJ library? How do you guys structure your crates? And that's it. Sorry. He said something else. But yeah. So how do you guys manage your Serato library? And how do you guys structure your crates? Well, me, I just put everything like in one crate. (laughs) One crate. (laughs) And it's like the slappers. But meaning everything that I would play at a party is there. Yeah. And I just usually, you know jump around shit i don't listen to jamie's well i mean everybody everybody has their ways of doing shit i mean i have mine broken down a lot of different ways and even like sub crates in crates so like i have uh what are your main crates main crates i have uh broken down by decade Mm. so uh 60s 70s 80s 90s 2000s post 2000 like Mm -hmm. 2010s and then even in the 90s i have it broken down hip-hop r&b pop same for 80s um and then I have uh like I have like a club folder. So then I break the club folder down. Mm-hmm. So I do uh um early early set, um prime time set, and then I break it down into uh EDM hip hop. I have like a club reggae folder, a club Latin folder. Okay. We got it, um, we got it. I don't need a list of genres. Part of my library. Um, part but of I mean my mine is mine is pretty detailed and yeah, it's it just is pretty for detailed. me because if I have moments where I, I might feel stuck, I can just revert back to what I've created, mm-hmm. and I'm okay. And I can look at it and be like, okay, I know where to go from here kind of thing. Do you set it up just by music? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I mean, what do you what do you mean, like, uh, as far as, like, genres of music, or? Uh, Okay. This is how I, I do my crate very similar to yours. Uh-huh. Actually, I want to hear Nevers. Well, I'll, 
Well, I'm about to say that monsters are kind of like a, um, that these like yeah. I have it like Latin Latin crate club bangers, which is like all the the new shit. Yeah, um, I have an opening set crate. Well, and you just uh, keep music. updating these exactly. Crates, right? yeah. Yeah. yeah, like I, you, can say, um, you take shit out, you put it back exactly. Pause. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and I actually have a crate with like BPM for hip hop. Mm-hmm. Like I have something from like sixty to seventy BPM, mm-hmm. seventy yeah. to eighty, and on. Okay. All right. I'm gonna. Wow, I'm gonna give you guys some really good advice right now. Yeah. Right. All right. I organize my crates in a, in a very similar to these guys. I have the seventies crates, eighties crates, and blah 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 blah. All right. Uh, what I do is I add codes. So I add codes in different crates. So if there's a club banger crate, right? Um, for example, at a time if I wanted to do a fifty cent set. I would put a code in the album section. So you know in the album section, it's the name of the album of a song or whatever, or yeah. sometimes it's blank. For 50 Cent, I would put 555. It's very rare that any song or anything has 555 in it. Yeah. So then if I type 555, all of the selected 50 Cent songs that I wanted to play would pop up. Mm-hmm. But it was just quick. I didn't have to think of the name of the songs. I didn't have to type in 50 Cent. Mm-hmm. So for example, in my 80s crate, if I had rock and roll i would do rrr so it would be three r's and all the dope rock and roll will pop up if i had 80s i would be 888 um also it's just a really quick way to 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 do shit you know especially if you're quick mixing it on the fly if you quick mixing or if you just need to find a record you can't find a name or like you know it's part of the set uh and another thing i started doing was i started building because there would be like yo like new genres of not new genres of music, but I'm just saying like, like uh, there would be different waves, right? Mm-hmm. That would pop out, like so, like the snap wave would pop. Yeah, and then, um, you know, the Travis Scott auto tune wave would pop. You know, and all these lit different things would pop. And like, if there was one stellar song, like for example, um, what's a good example? For example, No Limit, right? Yeah, that's. <laughs> To me, one of the first records in like 85 BPM, 80 BPM that started coming out, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If I type in No Limit, I start building songs around that song. Mm -hmm. So then I'll put No Limit in that, like for Plain Jane, I'll put No Limit in the album. So as soon as I type in No Limit, all of the other songs that might go around with it come up. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And then not only that, if I if there was a new song, if there was an old song that I wanted to incorporate, like let's say like yo, I want to point, uh, what is that like hood hood ninja? What's that song? Hood ninja. Hood nigga. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Gorilla Zoe. Gorilla, yeah. Yeah, Gorilla Zoe. If I wanted to play that and and kind of incorporate that in, but I I would not remember it. I would just put no limit so that it would pop up with no limit. Does that make right, sense? Right. Yeah. So and then you start taking new songs and you start and then you start remembering No Limit has all of these songs and it starts building from five songs to eight songs to twenty songs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then now you like can start curating sets. Not only that, if you try like for example, like I wanted to try Level Up. Mm-hmm. Level Up is like one of those new songs. I'm like yo, and then I start thinking in my head, what goes around Level Up? How do I create a set around this? Mm-hmm. What if the song doesn't work? How do I get out of it? Yeah. And I need a couple outs. And that's the one thing. Like, yo, when I put on this song and I want to get out of it, how do I get out of it quick? So when I type in level up, I have songs that can help set it up and get me out. Right. So there might be uh, eight songs that show up for level up. 
just because I want different options that's in and out. Dope. Yeah, that's pretty dope. Yeah. Uh, that's and those codes really help. You put them in the album section, or there's like a sub album section in iTunes. Uh huh. But I mean, those help a lot. Yeah. But it also needs to get updated because, uh, and I don't always do that. But that's. That's one of those things that you, uh, yeah. that one of those tricks of the trade that I do. Remember when I said uh, he takes everything very serious? Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that, was, was that was great. That yeah, was man. Very, yeah, that was cheat codes cool. by crooked. It is. I mean, like, yo, like, every, every, everything has a code. There's like, if you look at my, my library, everything has a code. The only, like, disturbing code is Kanye. It's KKK. <laughs> <laughs> and that's pretty fucked up. But yeah, I mean, do the, that code shit helps a lot, but do whatever codes that you, you're going to remember and shit. Yeah. Cool. Any more questions? That's it. That's it? All right, cool. I think, yo, we're hitting the three-hour mark. I know. I just yeah. saw that shit. I'm like, fuck. Wow. <laughs> it just flew the fuck by. That shit was long. Yo, we didn't touch on. Pause. Yeah, pause. <laughs> we didn't touch on Kanye with his Kaepernick Trump shit. We don't need to talk about that, I guess. I'm happy that he's off of social media real quick. Yeah, man. God damn it. I need that break. Him, he's off. Oh, he is off of social media. I yeah. almost wanted to delete my social media just to not see his ass. That shit was crazy. He was like everywhere and just, he's like trying to no homo shove himself down everybody's throat to be cool. And he should just shut the fuck up and go sit down and then come back with something dope. And you know what's crazy? I was listening to his, uh, I don't know if you guys know, but his Good Fridays. Releases those tracks he was sending out on Good Friday, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. leading up to his album for um, My Dark Twisted Fantasy. I was like, God damn, he was on point. Like, all that shit was amazing. And now it's just, it was a sad moment because I was like, I'll probably never get that again. Have you ever had an artist say they were going to drop an album and not drop an album? Yeah, Dr. Dre. Yeah, <laughs> I'm about to say that. Yeah. No, like, had a specific date. Dr. Dre. <laughs> yeah, Dre just kept pushing it back. Yeah. He never brought it. I didn't know I know he had a specific date. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. For um what is detox? it? Detox. He still haven't dropped the T yeah, detox. It's not ever gonna come out. It's like never. the Guns N' Roses, uh That's Chinese Democracy. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Was that what it was called? Chinese Democracy? Yeah, it was. But yeah. yeah. Damn. Uh, what else? And then he still never dropped it, right? Nope. And it's not gonna come out. And it keeps saying people saying he's still working on it. No, he said that he's not dropping it. On that Defiant Ones, he's like, it's never gonna come out. I was never happy about it. I never really had my heart behind it. It was just something that we said once, and it kind of got pushed on. And Do you ever watch the Trap Call Quest documentary when uh, they were yeah. talking? When they were talking to what's that motherfucker's name? The manager, and he, Chris Lighty, uh -huh. and he said the way Q-Tip was working on Low on Theory, he had to just take the album. From oh him. yeah, because he would have kept going on. He would have kept on working on it. Yeah, and working in, on it. Yeah, and, and then building. He was like on, a perfectionist. Yeah, I mean that's crazy that yeah. Chris Lighty had to just. Take it and then master it and then get it pressed. Yeah. Damn. Uh, what else is on your list? Uh, I mean, we do we want to talk about Kanye in Chicago? I don't know, man. I'm, I'm sick of talking with Kanye. Kanye. Uh, real quick, if you guys want to listen to another podcast after you're done with this podcast, go listen to the Chance the Rapper interview with Joe Joe Budden. It's really, really good. It's really, and he doesn't hold back with a lot of Kanye shit, with our Drake shit. Yeah. It's really good. Oh, I enjoy. can we plug... Uh, our Spotify stuff before we oh yeah 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 um shout out to yeah uh, we're on Spotify now yeah, yeah so if you listen to yeah. us on Spotify Spotify yeah. is free so go get us on Spotify shout out to uh, Conflict he put us on he helped us yeah. get on yeah 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 definitely just Reflections of a DJ right just yeah, type it just in just Reflections of a DJ and then hit that follow and then yeah I don't know if that has a um, for notifications but you'll get the, the episodes fast 
Dope. So we're on SoundCloud, Apple Music, Apple Music. I'm oh, sorry, Apple Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify and YouTube. We're kind of building up, uh, slow and steady. Yeah, YouTube.com/slash uh, Reflections of a DJ. But uh, we are going to try to launch an actual website. Oh, that's coming. Yeah. Paul. So we're going to launch a website. Um, uh, but else? there's a, another. A thing that we wanted to start on the the website would be uh, mixtape Mondays. Yeah, yeah. Be so me me and Neva, well, yeah, me and Never, so. well, Never did a lot of the work back <laughs> in the day. But when when New had a blog, we we would do mixtape Mondays, and we probably did it for like five years or so, something like that. Yeah, and it was like literally every week, every Monday, we drop a new mixtape from another DJ, or we highlight or feature another DJ's mixtape. So. Um, yeah, be on the lookout for that. Send us links to your mixtape. Mm-hmm. Send it to the, uh, don't fill Neva's uh, DMs, please. Just send no. it to the Road Podcast <laughs> DMs on Instagram. Yeah. And we would, I'll, I'll pass them down to uh, Neva. And I make sure to put it out. And whatever If it's feels. good. If it's good. And we're going to show, uh, like, showcase older ones, like, new ones, like, uh, you, you know, know, like. You know what would be dope? If he, mm-hmm. I don't want to shit on anybody's, like, work, but if you would do, like, remember how the soldiers used to do five mics? We would do five records. Nah. Nah. Sorry. Fucking guys. <laughs> but uh, no, yeah. So road, send them to the Road Podcast Instagram or the Twitter. And then I'll send them to Neva. Yeah. Yep. Mixtape Monday's coming soon. By Neva. Right. We'll, we'll see like if we can keep that going. Yeah. <laughs> We're doing a lot of shit for free. Uh Except for the, I mean, DJ City is uh, appreciating our work right now. So <laughs> you guys don't fuck up those ads, man. Seriously, I'm still waiting to see that bag. <laughs> and, I'm waiting, and I'm waiting to see that account. <laughs> the money is coming. It's good. It's not uh, it's you don't know how money, my work. Money is good. It's, being, money is it's good. being sent by a fucking pigeon. Okay. Yeah, you guys oh, gonna man. fuck this shit up, man. <laughs> All, right. All right, thanks, y'all. Peace, peace, John, peace.